Yes. Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the UK Steelers podcast. This is the uh, reaction to the reaction show. Sad times in Steelers Nation and sad times on the UK Steelers podcast because, as you know by now, this is not your host, Simon Wynn Stanley. It's me, Gavin Marshall. We have a, a few members down. We've got Simon, ill, Dave, caring for the ill, Ketz, Mexico, and Rich, working. So we have me, and we've got the king of the draft, Mike Farrell, and off-season superstar Ran Geffen back in the house to talk some Steelers. Um, so sad to miss those guys. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Mike? You okay? Yeah, grand, grand. Yeah, we, we we should have posted uh, an injury report this morning. Yeah, it would have been, uh, been a long list. <laughs> yeah, it would have been as well. No, keep keeping well, keeping well. Uh, how are you guys getting on? Well, I'm good. Ran, Ran, I know exactly how you are because I've been stood next to you all day. Yes. But do you, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell everyone else? Um, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I've been a little bit down the last few days. Um, my oldest son has started university, and uh, we had to um, abandon him. So I'm uh, feeling a little bit uh, down. Will I be all right? I'm sure you will. Some hopes that he might play some some American football as well as hockey, right? Yeah, he uh, he had the sports fair. He um, is is generally a hockey player, field hockey, and um, he's going to try some American football. Sweet. You think you think quarterback? He's um, he's think quarterback. Also, um, something along the safety. He, he likes tackling people. Okay, both sides of the ball. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know anything about Durham's program. Are they successful? Um, their sports program is is very well known, but mm-hmm. um, their hockey is is quite high up there. Okay. Well, hopefully, when he when he's a starting QB, we'll go and support. But, uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Uh, probably need to get some housekeeping out of the way, otherwise Simon will be uh, turning in his sick bed. Which is uh, follow the show on uh, patreon.com slash UK Steelers podcast. And I've got to give a shout out to the show producers this month. Ferguson, Hansoon, Audley, and Glenn Yones. Got that right? I think. No, I think it's Rob Ferguson, Mark Hansen, Matt Audley, and Glenn Jones. Here you go. You said you were sad. I've been a bit sad. I've been. I had a bad week. I was off. I wasn't on the show last week. I was feeling a bit under the weather as myself. I had COVID in the house as well. Steelers lost. I lost. I'm in six fantasy leagues. I think I lost all of them. I got booted out of the podcast league. I had to cut all my players. It was just bad times, bad times all around. But um, it was compounded by the Steelers losing. It was a week ago. I mean, it was a long time. So apologies to everyone. This is not not the kind of usual you know update that we get. Steelers played last Thursday, which is a week ago. They lost 29 to 17. But really, it was a 22 to 17 loss. Let, let's not be in any illusions here. That last minute miracle was ridiculous. That last losing touchdown. So in some ways it was a close game, but it, it felt a lot worse than that, didn't it? You know, an away game, you know, with a five-point swing, what it, what it should have been really. And you know, mm. in this season, are we, are we, are we, should we be as disappointed as we are, Mike? How, how are you feeling after the game? Oh, disappointed, yeah, naturally, um, especially because my uh, preseason bet of the Browns to finish bottom and me getting that at the, the order of the AFC North at about 40 to one uh, was, was, was it, it, it's, it's caused me a problem now with the, with the, with the Browns two and one and us one and two. Yeah. You're always going to be disappointed about the loss. And I think it was, it was what we predicted of a, a very close game. There were some positives to take out of it. 
but I am clinging on to straws here. I mean, when you're starting from a very low bar, I suppose anything anything is could be perceived as a positive. Um, you know, Mitch threw for more than 200 yards. I mean, it was 207, but still more than 200 yards. Um, I mean, two it seems to throw that in a quarter nowadays. Yeah, it, it's it, there are still clear flaws across the board, and I, I think there's a real project now to just ascertain where to where to point the finger. No doubt, we're going to mention that shortly. Uh, <laughs> OC, um, but yeah, it, it's it's still disappointing. You know, you want to you want to quiet in the Browns crowd as well, and we 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 weren't able to do it. It was. You know, playing a little bit of catch up, and I agree. The, the scores maybe made it seem worse than it was. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game live when I did see the scores. I thought, sugar, that was sounds like a bit of a hiding, but actually, when you watch it back and you see, as you say, got the, the last play sort of what else can you do? Really, there's only much, so much you can do in that sort of situation. Take a flyer and see what happens. I'm sure there was a few over under bets and fancy football teams that got ruined as a result of uh, as a result of that late touchdown, but there's, there's still. I'm struggling to put to, to to pile together a lot of positives. There were some, don't get me wrong, but there were still areas of concern. I mean, no no picks from from Trubisky. But, you know, a, a fairly a tight game, if if in, in, inaccurate. And obviously, you mm. know, the the three three and outs in the second half were, you know, that was that was the turning point of the game. I thought, you know, the defense you you can't expect them to keep going out there and putting together. You know, that that goal line stand they had. Was was absolutely incredible, you know, the, the, to, to force a field goal. But the amount of effort they put everything into that, and then they're straight back out there again. Yeah. And you know, there's no surprise that you know this, the Browns. I mean, to be fair, they only they only scored field goals towards the end, you know, apart from the the, mm. the, the bizarro touchdown. So the the defense, even without TJ, was it wasn't elite, but it it, it was keeping the Steelers in the game for sure. You yeah. know, admittedly against a kind of hamstrung Browns squad that. You know, would be much better with, you know, certain other QBs playing for them. But having said that, I thought they, 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 the Browns were okay. I thought they played us. You know, the run game was there, and the, you know, the um, not Trubisky, Brissett played a played a fairly solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, looked decent, some decent passing routes. I thought their passing game looked better than the Steelers' passing game. So I, I don't know. I think there's there's reasons to be hopeful, like you say, but there's a lot of detective work about trying to find out who's to blame. Ran, I know you've got a reality check for us. We're going to get back onto that. Well, I want, go on, go on. What are you going to say? There? Go on. Um, the first thing I was going to say, um, a little bit of news. Um, it's good news that um, the Chiefs-Bucks game is going to be in Tampa. Um, for those who don't know, um, Hurricane Ian has been causing havoc. Damn it, Ian. Um, in um, in Florida, there was a talk about the game being moved to the Vikings ground. So it's good news, and you know, shout out to all the fans in Florida. Hopefully, they're all well. Um, exactly. I was exactly. I, I, I I wasn't I didn't watch the game live. I watched the highlights, and I was surprised at the like like many of you at the result and that silly silly play at the end. That was quite surprising, but I was. I don't know. Was it was anything unpredicted happen? Did, did did anything happen that you couldn't have seen in advance? Not really. No, I think you no. know this. This is this is this is the season. You know, anyone expecting anything different is is not really following what's going on, right? Yeah. And after 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 three games, if I told you beforehand you'll be one and two after three games. 
Would that have been a surprise? I don't think so. Right. You just would have had some of the results the other way around, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Steelers Nation expects more, Ram. <laughs> no, of course, of course, no, absolutely, a hundred percent, and um, and and that's that's the way of the fans, which is you know heart first. That's great. That's how you meant to be. And there was look, Johnson did some, you know, some great stuff. It seems like there's some sort of a connection. Definitely, eleven targets, eight receptions, a couple of bad drops. I didn't like to see. Yeah, I'd like, like to have seen some more yards out of, uh, of those receptions, but definitely a chemistry there with him and Trubisky for sure. Yeah, and and Frymouth as well. You know, there's shame we only used him in the last quarter, really. But that um, that catch, you know, the it was mm. amazing. The yeah, what, which one? The Pickens one. The or Pickens the, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Full of potential Pickens, isn't he? I mean, you know, this is yeah. this is a uh, you know. A trial run, a, uh, a probationary season before he gets really good next year, you know, because he's not, they're not, they're not going to. I want to get onto the scheme in a minute, but you know, things things are going to change. I think against the Jets and things are going to change going forward. But I, I'm not sure that they're the changes that are as wide sweeping as some people are calling for. I mean, we've had Snoop, we've had octogenarians coming out saying fire Matt Canada. I mean, is that is that is that the perceived you know wisdom? Is that is that what most people think that Matt Canada should go. I mean, Mike, where are you on this? It, it, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because it, it's easy to criticise the quarterback because he's the one who, who who's doing the doing. But then when you see when uh, when Mitch is interviewed after the game, you know he's singing, but it sounds like he's singing from the same hymn sheet the rest of the players in that they're saying we run the plays that we're told to run. That's that's what we're told to do, and. The finger then has to be pointed at the OC for that. I was looking. I was looking back at one of the um, at some of the plays there a couple of hours ago today, just to sort of refresh the mind. I should say, Gav, it was nearly a week ago now the game, and I think it was third quarter. We had a third and eight or third and ten, and we had three receivers out, Harris in the backfield, and uh, Pat Fryermuth lining on the edge, and Fryermuth's route was. A hit? No, it wasn't a hit. Sorry, it was a comeback, but about five yards short of the first down marker. Mm-hmm. Now that, that I and that's where the pass went, tackled short. I believe it was uh, and fourth down. That's not Mitch's fault. That's not to an extent. That's not Farmoot's fault. That's a play call. Why? Why are we asking a a tight end who's quite isolated in the middle of the field. You know, you can you can play design it, you know, yourselves in such a way where the tight end will, will appear like they're running down the, the, the seam, cut it back to the quarterback. You hopefully have more than one DB bite and that gives you a free receiver or a one-on-one. There wasn't that though, because he was quite isolated. So that that's that's play design. That's intentional. And you have to point the finger at Canada over that. There, I mean... Yes, there are safety blankets, and can you argue that Mitch goes to them too quickly? Yeah, I'm I'm very open to have that conversation. I believe it is is, is true in, in in many respects, but play design has to play a part of this as well. And you know, box clever, and we're not doing that at the minute. You're absolutely right. That, that's the thing I identified from from watching back. It's frustrating seeing three wide receivers run verts on on third and eight completely covered and the underneath option is is the only guy that's open and you're throwing short of the sticks there, mm. there needs to be better passing concepts there needs to be better levels in in the game plan 
And I think there needs to be a shift. They've they've been holding Naji or, or Warren back in, in pass protection and a tight end back the whole time. It, whether that's this is a reaction to some of the O-line struggles in preseason. And and that and that was the kind of look for three quarters. Mm. Um it was only towards the end with when, when we had that drive where where uh, Trubisky was finding Muth when they were actually going right let's let's have four routes run down let's 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 flood you know let's try and flood the secondary with bodies and that was when we saw big changes I mean admittedly you know the game that's that's the time two attacks and maybe that's that's you know that's going for broke trying to win the game rather yeah. than but I think there has to be a change here you know let's let's roll the dice a little bit let's get more aggressive. Yeah. You know, let's 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 take the training wheels off Mitch. We've had three games, right? And okay, we don't want to get him killed. I actually think the lines improved to the point now where we can see how they do actually protect. You know, just as a five, you know, in empty or whatever. And you know, Mitch is what is what is he good at? He's good at escaping the rush, right? So he's got that ability. So let's just throw him to the wolves, right? And if he gets injured, I don't want to see. A, I don't want to see. You know, I'm not wishing for another human being to get injured or anything like that. It's not like he is Ben and we're trying to protect the franchise. He's not the franchise. I'm sorry. Trubisky's a bridge. He's, he's a solid veteran. You know, he's got some good things. He's got some bad things. He is a bridge. Let's just throw him to the wolves. Let's let's ask him to produce. Let's let's be a bit more aggressive. Let's get more passing lanes open, more, more levels, concepts going on. You know, what I will say about Canada, everyone that's calling for Pickett, and I know, Ran, you're going to come back on me on this, but what, what in the preseason... You know, when when Pickett looked good, who was calling the plays? It was still Matt Canada, right? Mm-hmm. And, and is Matt Canada just limited by, you know, he he's he's a he's he's clearly got his kind of scheme, his what he wants to do, his his concepts, right? Which is the jet sweep, the motion, and everything. And and and, and Trubisky can run elements of it, but is is the play calling limited by what he thinks Trubisky can do? He just he's just calling the plays that he thinks Trubisky can run. And, yeah. and this is the difficulty with trying to point the finger on where we where we put blame. You know, I I don't think you can put blame 100% on someone, but where who's sitting above 50%? Because you're, you're absolutely right. When 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 Pickett was uh, was throwing great balls in the preseason, Canada was still calling those plays. They were just more adventurous. So it was just a totally we, different offense. I mean, it was just yeah. Not but don't forget who they're playing against. Okay, and that's the reality check. That's the reality check. Um, Third and yeah, and I understand um, the reaction and people calling for Canada. However, he hasn't really had a chance. Did no. Ben run his plays? I totally agree with you as well, Ram. And, and again, it just reiterates how difficult this is. Yeah, because he hasn't um, had, he hasn't had a, a proper crack at it. And we we will never know what's happening behind closed doors and who's calling the plays. And are they being executed? Is the ceiling too low? Is Trubisky's ceiling too low? And this is the max? Quite possibly. But, I mean, we have to be, yeah, we have to be real here. Um, by week nine, when, you, saw, when you, you guys saw the fixture list, by week nine, what did you think was going to happen? I can tell you. Hang on, give me a second. You've caught me on the bounce here. One second. Oh, I've got my predictions. Yeah, I've got. I can tell you exactly and, where and, we were. And this was the difficulty when we spoke about it because the run after this next Jets game is 
might be one of the most difficult runs of games I've seen in a long time. Like it is. Well, maybe, you see, I think it might be easy. Oh, easy to well, lose them all. No, well, easy because there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. The, the expect- so, you, you're expected by your own admission to lose those four games after the Jets. So what if you got, there's nothing to lose here. So it could be a chance to try something different. It could be a chance to make a change. Mm. I'll tell you what I had, I had going into the buy four and four. That's what I had. So maybe that was overly optimistic. I had, I had winning four. Obviously that's not going to happen. And then I had them losing four. Buffalo, Bucks, Miami, and the Eagles. And I, I didn't have you. I don't think you were on this show because I haven't got your predictions here, Mike. But um, let's just say, uh, let's just have a look at um, Dave had to. Dave had uh, the Steelers at five and three. Cool. And Kets at four and four as well. So maybe we we're all being a bit optimistic there. Hmm. But it, you know, when when you see how the season is opened and we're playing two undefeated teams, then it, <laughs> those early season predictions can do can look a little bit can look a little bit silly. And you know, it's it's not even the 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 games before the bye week. You know, we've after that we've got the Saints and the Bengals. Now the Saints are all over the place, but their D is still very very solid. The Bengals, I mean, I'd be thrilled if we could do the double over them this season, but. No doubt they're going to start warming up in a minute now. And the, the, there are a couple of softer games towards the end of the season. Colts, Falcons, Panthers, Raiders. You know, so there, there, there's a potential to win some of those back. But we, we're if, if we don't get a win this weekend, I'm struggling where we're going to see the next one. Yeah, especially as three of those four games are away. But in yeah. Buffalo, in Miami and in in uh, Philadelphia, all three of those places are tough to play for different reasons. Weather, climate, you know, the fans. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> Philly. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely as tough, a, like you said, it's as, as tough a run as, as we've had. But what do you think, Ran? I mean, you, you, you described to me a flow chart. So do you want to run us through the flow chart? Well, so you have to ask some questions here. And for me, there's an overriding question so first of all are we assuming we're leaving the defense out of it because they're kind of because of injuries they almost got a free pass right yeah i'd say so, and, and they're still performing yeah so we, we're looking more at, um, at the offense here even though i might have heard this statistic where did i hear it um that the steelers defense has spent the most time on the field more than any other team. Oh, yeah. Mm, that comes as no surprise. This, this long break was needed, wasn't it? Yeah, that, I mean, that was evident in that game. I mean, they were just out there, out there, out there, over and over again, gassed. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. That's the problem. You get the fourth quarter and then, um, yeah, the round of gas and, and um, the office needs to spend more time on the field. Think of the opposition, um, yeah, defense tight. Now, we, we're assuming here that there is an overall plan. There's no I, surprise that Ben was going to retire at some point and someone else is going to come in. Now, Matt Canada was there for the transition. And, we, I, I mean, 
it's a it's an old-fashioned organization isn't it they they're very traditional they're not going to make rapid changes they're not going to make drastic changes i don't think it's, it's a surprise to anybody really now if they're going to make a change what 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 change they're going to make the first to me it seems like the first change would be change the scheme yeah now if they keep things the same and there's no change then you have to do something but if they don't if it keep if they keep things as they are and things start to get better then the mood changes then we're good it's all according to plan if they have to make a change what's the first change they make yeah i i agree i think it's scheme i think they've got to get more aggressive yeah mm. at the moment it's very predictable isn't it is it not i've heard um was it, i think it's also many ones i said about the league it's a learning league whenever that someone does something slightly different or keeps doing the same thing people watch it they see it they learn it and they're prepared mm. for it they adjust so the first thing i need to change in my opinions is a scheme more options do something different and if that works great everybody keeps their job we move on there is a plan if you change a scheme and that doesn't work what's next what do you change next well you're either looking at the quarterback which like half the fan base is is calling for or you you're firing your oc and bringing in a new oc but i i just don't see the steelers doing that i don't see tomlin doing that Certainly not mid-season. No. It's not it, there Yeah, it's not, exactly. Um, so, so change quarterback? You think? Yeah. Well, it's, more likely. It's, it's an option. And I, do you know what? I thought this after the after uh, last week's pod with Sai and Ketz. Um, you know, when, when Justin Herbert came in after Terod Taylor got nearly killed by his own physio or whoever the Chargers hired to inject him in the ribs. Yeah. Um, you know, their O-line was terrible. And that was that was an issue for the Chargers for years, their dodgy O-line. But they might still be, stuck the rookie out there. Might be again at the moment with the way their O-line's looking. Yeah. And, and their QB's rib situation as well. Right. Um, you know, they, 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 st- they stuck with it. And they said, look, he, yes, he's a rookie. It's not the ideal situation, but we have to put him out there. And, you know, the, the the big talk for us was we're going to put a rookie behind a really, really shaky O-line. But I've been, Gav, we spoke about it the week, didn't we? Pleasantly surprised by the O-line play, especially mm. in the last week or two. It is It has got progressively better. Aren't Chucks and Cole in the top 10 PFF grades or something along those lines? Take PFF grades how you will. But Yeah, Chucks is uh, it's really high on the run blocking and everyone else is looking pretty good at the, at the pass protection. Although, albeit they did have, you know, max protection. They had everyone back pretty much with, mm. with the running back and the tight end, which definitely helps out, you know, and double teams and stuff. They can't double team in the same way. But um, definitely, definitely improvement. And, you know, the unit's coming together. So, you know, a little bit of humble pie for me, you know. Likewise. You know, if they um, if they can put it together, great. Sorry, Ryan. Do you, you think do you think there might be because they played the Browns? There's a bit of um I, I think it's it's, it's there, they're up the game. I think it's cohesion. I think it's a unit that's mm. that was new, there was quite a lot of changes. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's 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 a position where you need to play. It's it's a real team. It's a it's a group that needs to play well together. You know, you need to have communication and and just an understanding. Um, it's not just about going out there and balling out. You need to, you know, everyone needs to move as one. So I think that's that's building. And you know, the the new coach, O line coach for the Steelers seems to be getting pulling it off. So let's, you know, and the Steelers have a history of doing this. Let's let's be honest. They've never had, you know, big blue chip, high draft capital or big money contract tackles. You know, they, they generally they sort of build a, a good unit out of the guys. I mean, David yeah. DeCastro aside and, you know, Pouncey and these other guys. But especially in, in the tackle, you know, department, R kits, um, they've always <laughs> had, they've always developed people. They've developed guys. So, um, you know, maybe that's just, this is just, this is just a natural course of things. As things go on over the season, the Steelers O-line gets better. That's great. Hopefully. So, in that case, you might not need to make a change. Any change at all? You think what? Just yeah. well, if you yeah, if you seem to be quite buoyant about this um, this whole line, then that's great. But if you do make a change, if the new QB comes in, and if it works, great. Then everybody's happy. So there is a plan. It's all going according to plan. That's great. What happens if it doesn't work? Well, then, then you, then you say, but you see, I'm thinking they're going to move to. Well, my prediction for the picket point was um, comes in against the Colts and then starts week 13 against the Falcons. Now, I think that's a more realistic for the Steelers kind of timeline. This kind of let's start picket in week four doesn't feel like a Steelers move to me. I don't know, Mike. What do you think? I yeah, I, you'll have to remind me again, Gava, when I projected Pickett to start but I, I agree I don't think it's it's within the Steelers remit to start him you had him coming out of the bye notwithstanding not after the bye was it so yeah mm, week 10 yeah which is which is yeah we're, we're in the, we're in the same ballpark mm. you know when, when Tomlin says he couldn't hear the fans shouting Kenny Kenny you sort of say okay that no decision is getting made anytime soon yeah I mean it's not surprised that that's not surprising at all no there's no surprise I mean this no. is a team that traded for a, for a cornerback and didn't play him the whole season until we, they, you know, they, they like guys to know what they're doing out there. They're not just going to throw a guy to the wolves. Mm. Unless they start a, a rookie guard at center. <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. I don't know what was going on there. A guy that's now inactive every week. I mean, what? Anyway, yeah. let's not go over old ground. Right. So let's say, okay, so what? We, we throw, we throw Pickett out there and that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? What, what, what's then? What then? Well, then I think you play out the rest of the season and then you change coordinator. So, so we're thinking, yeah. So you essentially, writing off the season, pretty much. But who who didn't have this season as a write-off? I mean, the, the the bar is: can the Steelers win more games than they lose? That's the bar for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there's a you don't have a losing season. Well, I hope not, but let's say they do have a losing no, of course, season. Of course, I hope for you guys, of course. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but I, I, what, I, what I, happens I, if, what happens if? Um, I mean, jumping ahead to next season, you change the, yeah, the, the OC, and things are still not good. At what point the, the big question comes out? That foot, my foot is on that sewer lid. It's not getting lifted up. So you're, you're, sta- you're standing on it. Nothing uh, uh, is you, coming you, out. You don't. You don't go. You don't go through a rough patch in your marriage, and you you, you file for a divorce. No. Right? You, no, you, you wait it out. It. You 100%. work on things. Mm. You let you let time because 
if, if you're going to marry someone, you're not going to, going to throw them away at the first sign of trouble. Therefore, no. the idea of, of getting rid of Tomlin, which is what you're talking about, is 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 her- heretical to me. I wasn't. I wasn't. You, you know my thoughts about that. I don't think Tomlin is going to be, you know, removed of duties. He will moved no. up rather than out. You think he'd become director of football operations or something? And Brian Flores yeah. comes in. That was your theory, that, wasn't it? That was my theory. Yes. Yeah, it's a good theory. It's a good theory. Well, you, you've got a man in the building, and yeah, I think I think that change would have to happen quite swiftly, like off season after this season, for for Flores not to get a, one hell of an offer, at like the Patriots or something, because Bill Bill Belichick's made that move, for instance. Yes. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see drastic change coming. No, I agree with you. I don't think there's a drastic change coming, and I think a bit of dose of reality. That fixture list. If you if you get it uh, two and six, it's not going to surprise anybody. Three and five will be great, but who are you going to beat there? Yeah, Bucks home. Mm. I mean, it's it's possible with the form they're on at the moment, but not likely. Yeah, we'd expect TJ Watt back then, mm. hopefully. Yeah. First game back at home, potentially. So, this, you know, that's probably the one you earmark, isn't it? I mean, our, yeah. you know, Miami and Buffalo are playing incredible, and Philly are just an absolute. We we do not win away at theirs. I mean, I think it's been decades since we have potentially. So yeah, mm. you're probably earmarking that Tampa game, potentially to get the win. So does this make the Jets game, and we will talk about the Jets game properly later, but does this make the Jets game a must-win for this season? Yeah, I think so. That's that's not a good situation to be in, is it? No. Especially with Zach Wilson is back, and uh, sounds like he is. Yeah. But, do you know what, when, when we were looking at the schedule, you know, you look at that run of Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, and Philly. Now, Philly had a good year last year. Tampa and Buffalo were good teams. Miami, with the acquisitions they made in the offseason, you could have assumed they were going to improve. Um, so you were always probably always looking at that run of fixtures and thinking that's gonna that's gonna be a slog. But there are a couple of decent games, as I say, towards the back end of the season, where hopefully you can push us back up to a you know to above five hundred record. I mean, at the minute. I was listening to the guys on the PFF podcast earlier this morning, and I think we, if the season finished today, we're picking 11th. And, I mean, one of the teams that are below us, for example, are the Chargers, who would expect to to kick on to another gear now. They're dealing with all their injury issues. Sorry, guys, I'm making it sound like it's the Chargers podcast today. Um, you they know, are the, the talk of town at the moment. Mm. So, you, yeah, you, you do worry a little bit. And I, I think this really does highlight the importance of this game. Against the Jets, if we're going, if we go one and three, I am very concerned that we're picking comfortably in the top ten. Yeah, I think that it, it's going to be a very, very slippery slope for us. Yeah. So the changes Ran I would make are I would I would be working with Mitch all week to try and get him to stop doing the weird stuff he's doing with his footwork. And maybe that's the one legged throw, the one legged, the, the sort of way he's stepping backwards while he throws. He's, he, I don't know if it's a result of his time in, you know, the bears where he was getting killed, but 
he does this thing where you know some of those those the shots to pickings and stuff at the end of the second half there was some god awful throws i mean the the accuracy was terrible i mean it's embarrassing some of the throws he made but i think it's it's fundamentals it's footwork it's it's when the rush is coming at him he pulls he pulls at it he pulls his hips he snaps his feet is that coachable i hope so maybe it's coachable maybe maybe you know with the long break they can at least go some way to to trying to get the ball out, make him feel more comfortable quicker so that he's not making those, those plays and you give him more, more options downfield. You know, I thought, I thought the offense looked much better with play action, you know, and we saw a couple of, you know, to, to, to get on Canada, you have to, you have to praise him where he did, did make some good choices. He used read option twice in the game. One went for a touchdown. The other one was a nice mm-hmm. play and got some good yards. I mean, that's decent play calling. Let's let's you know I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating going to a, like a wildcat read option offense or anything like that, but let's you know let's try and use Mitch's wheels a bit better, get him get him running, getting into rhythm, and then and then opening the downfield, you know playbook and trying to get a few more options for him early so that he can he can actually and find yeah, some people. Hundred percent, the Jets is the game to do it because um, I don't think um, the Bills are going to allow him much. No, I mean in the fourth quarter, I thought on that drive where he had more, he had four wide or four targets downfield. He stayed in the pocket. He sat in the pocket, and he and he and he, made, he delivered some nice passes. So he can do it. He just needs to be put into the right situation. And I'm hoping that the tape, the tape on this game doesn't lie. It's there. You can see it. You can see when he's got the got the got the options, he can hit them. But he just needs to be kept clean and needs to get the ball out fast. And people yeah. need to get open quickly. Did you uh, did you see the stat that's doing the rounds uh, on Twitter in regards to Steelers wide receivers and yak? No, go on. So the the total amount of yak from Steelers wide receivers this season is twenty five. Wow. Now we're not including Moot in that or any of the backs. But still, Claypool has fifteen yards. Deontay Johnson has eight, and George Pickens has two. Um, if you look at the league ranking stats, then offense is thirty first. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. No. But I, I'd say part of that is usage, and and this is, comes back to mm-hmm. Matt Canada and the scheme. I mean, when when you when you are doing a comeback route, which is what most of DJ's catches have been, or most of any of the catches, because if you're sending three guys who are man marked up the field. The only way they're going to get open, unless unless they get open at the line with some some good you know quick separation and or, or some good crossing passing routes where they can get across and slant in, and you know be hit in stride or the deep crosser that we've seen you know Tyreek Hill make. The only other option is is the comeback. Now on a comeback, yeah. you ain't getting any yak, right? No. Because you, you get separation by turning back to the quarterback, coming back 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 towards your own line of scrimmage. And and you're hoping the DB's momentum carries him forward, and that's how you get a separation. But you're not getting any yak like that. Now, Claypool's most of Claypool's usage has been in a kind of sweep role, so that's not mm. even that's not yak. And then there was there was quite a nice catch. If we should get into some of the groups of what happened in the game. Let's let's start with the receivers. Mm. I thought I thought um, Claypool's did have one of those like crossing crossing sort of routes that looked quite good. Um. We could have more of that. Let's let's have more of that. Let's have people actually crossing the field rather than just running downfield in a kind of straight line. So this is what I'm saying. 
you know, the part, NFL is passing concepts. There needs to be a little bit more mm. more savviness to it. And, and look at Claypool. He's what six four. I mean, he's a unit, and he's he runs a four four. If you get him in strong, I mean, we we were saying this last season with Claypool's usage. You know, what why why is why is Ben just throwing effort balls to him down the sideline? You know, get him in the slot. Get him as that big bodied slot receiver. Or, you know, I don't want to label him that, but just put him in that position and and have those shallow those shallow crossing routes, those deep crossing routes, because all he has to do is bat off a five foot ten cornerback and he's gone. You know, he has all the physical tools to do that, and he has got the the you know the catch radius as well. If the ball is placed in the correct place, then he's got the chance to make big big gains. We need to see more of that. He's the perfect he's the perfect fit for that sort of role. Absolutely. I mean, looking from from the outside, his connection with Johnson seems promising, surprising, but promising. So and, develop that. And you, Gav, you mentioned the point about the, the comeback route. A lot of that's timing. So, you, you know, we can definitely take a positive out of that because otherwise that ball is ending up short. It's sailing over their heads. It's they've missed the mark. Credit where it's due. You know, those, those are timing concepts which are which are clearly working, but there's so many of them. We've got to find more creative ways to get wide receivers open. You know, where, you know, where, where, you know where's the, the tight end robe on the on the linebacker to give some space to the wide receiver? You know, that sort of stuff. Just just trying to provide a little bit of variety because we're we're playing two simplistic offenses and or, uh, offense plays, and then that leads to like, what are deep safeties doing? What's, there's no need for a deep safety if all the receivers are just running comeback routes. Yeah, you certainly don't need Easy two. To read. Yeah, easy to read. Yeah, you could stick one. You'd stick one extra one in the box, and all you need is, you know, a tip pass. We saw it against the Patriots. Granted, it was a linebacker tip pass before the DB picked it off, but all you need is something like that. The ball not going to hands, and then you've got a turnover because you've got an extra man in the box. And if it ends up being a run play, you have a run defender. You have an additional run defender in the box, albeit it's a safety. So we're, we're we're I don't think we're worried. I don't think teams look at us and go, oh God, they they terrify me. Yeah, and what? Why are we not seeing more of a rotation? So DJ played ninety eight percent of the offensive snaps. Pickens played seventy six percent, and Clay sorry Claypool played ninety three. So we've got ninety eight and ninety three from the one and two. Pickens played seventy six, and then Ochevsky played five percent. And I'm not I'm not necessarily arguing for more Ochevsky because you know that we've seen the limitations there. But we've got we've got a guy in Boykin that's a physical threat. We've got Sims who could be a downfield threat. We've got some different things, some guys that can do some different things. Why are we not rotating them in occasionally? I mean, what did, did has Pickens actually done enough to be the nailed on number three at all times? Well, this is it. Pickens has played one hundred and forty snaps, which is seventy seven percent, and he has five receptions for sixty five yards. Now I'm not blaming Pickens. But where, 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 is the, where is the variety? Miles Boykin has eight offensive possessions since the season started. I mean, I'm scared to look to see the same amount as Derek Watt. Take from that what you will. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a veteran. You know, Pickens is a rookie. Let's ease. Why, why, are we, why are we easing, or not even easing, why are we holding back Pickett? But yet Pickens is thrown in and, and expected yeah. to deliver, you know, and, and you know, being put in, 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 in losing situations. Let's ease Pickens in. Let's play a bit of Boykin and let him take some of the blame. You know, or let's we you know the previous OCs have have always had that kind of let's have a burner out there. 
you know that, that does so much for your team having a guy out there that can just just run downfield and clear someone out there's, there's no no intelligent concepts like that trying to manipulate the defense it's just run the receivers downfield come back and try and try and get so open. who would make that call who would make that is it is it just down to to the oc well this is the good question because i think that every team obviously runs differently but I, i'm led to believe that the 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 offensive coordinator makes the play call and the, and the, and the personnel grouping but the the actual position group might send out might send out the actual personnel so that possibly a little wrinkle there fascinating question rather yeah, yeah because it it this is this is it's got to land on someone's lap here someone's making these decisions and that needs to change. I mean, it doesn't... Look, there's a lot of things changing here. There's a lot of things changing. I think there's there's a whole... It feels to me like there's a whole shift, not just in the organisation, in the league. You can see now there's the teams that traditionally were at the bottom. Now they're starting to, to come up. We see the Jaguars, the Lions, they're coming up. Um, I, you've got a new... You've got a new quarterback. Yes, I mean you. It's the first new quarterback you've got in 19 years. Is it 19 years? Something like that. Since yeah. 2004. Not far yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, new stadium name. These little things. They're kind of. It's. It's. I don't know. This feels like the things are changing, and on the field it stays the same. Yeah. Well, we have seen a lot of a lot of things looking the same. You know that the. the, the Failed screenplays, you know, in your own, but in your own twenty-yard line, you know. The, yeah. What's that Turn about? Ten dump offs to the running yeah. back. You know, we saw all this last year. And I got back need to, to my... be brave here, right? Need to make some a brave decision. Yeah. And if we yeah. said the first thing you need to change is the scheme, then you you need to. At the moment, it seems to me like the Steelers are very predictable in offense and defense. They're very, they're very predictable. So you need to start doing things. Yeah, but that's crazy, what Matt, some that's crazy what, Ivans. Well, that, they're crazy Ivans. Yeah, that's exactly a uh, nice hunt for October ref. Um, that's exactly what everyone thought Matt Canada was brought in to do—to bring mm-hmm. some disguise, to bring some shifts and motions, and and some some creativity to, you know, what was dead on the slab offense with Randy Finkner. Problem is, Matt Canada's offense would have been innovative in two thousand and seven it's it's not that innovative now innovative now is it we, we've seen all this stuff in the league for a decade so it, it just looks like a kind of pound shot andy reed offense <laughs> so i mean so if, if, you, if you look for example if you look at um at miami right so you'd have thought right we're bringing a fantastic receiver you got someone's gonna so it, it seems like, from the outside, it's going to be predictable what they're going to try and do. And it seems like that's what they're doing. So why can't Steelers have some of that? You have, you have the tools there. Why is it not happening? Mm. Well, I think, I think they've gone. Sorry, Mike, gone. Oh, no. Whatever happens with this season, if Canada goes in the offseason, the only positive I will say is that I think this is a very attractive OC job. 
Oh yeah, when you know you've got the the QB in waiting on the sidelines. Yeah, You're absolutely. Right. Yeah, you you've got weapons out out outside. You've got an improving O line, and you've got a good running back, two good running backs. This has got to be an appealing job. The only thing that could knock that is the Steelers being the Steelers and just going, do you know what we'll do? Thanks for interviewing everyone. We'll recruit from within. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's the only concern I'd have on that. Danny Smith, new offensive coordinator. <laughs> Sheriff well, voices and chewing gum just went up. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not a secret that you build everything around UQB, but this is the first chance that Matt Canada had to build around UQB. If this is a temporary guy, then at what point you start building a scheme that's going to be suitable for your future QB? I'll tell, I tell you a, a, another option, which we didn't discuss in the, the RAN flowchart, was just, just the act of play calling. Maybe we keep the Matt Canada offense, but we shift play calling over to someone else. You could give it to Tom. Hell, you could even give it to Flores. The dude has been a head coach. I mean, he's a defensive guy. I know that would be crazy. But someone else, someone else could take charge of play calling for a game. You know, not maybe not against the Jets. Let's give him that kind of his chance. But you could give, oh, let's say, you know, Tomlin and Flores are both defensive-minded coaches. Maybe you give it to the wide receivers coach. I don't know. You give it to someone. Someone else can play. You know, the, the playbook's there. The Matt Canada's playbook there. Maybe he's just being too conservative. He's he's getting into his own feelings too much, and he's trying to protect himself. Does that does that not? undermine Canada if that happens it does but you know when it's a choice between firing him or or you know just having a little reset and let's see if we can Mm. change a culture around this offense maybe that's an option I mean to me it's it's part of the change of scheme I think it's it's in that it's in that neighborhood but who's who's in in Trubisky's ear who is in the helmet who's calling him in the helmet Canada well Currently, <laughs> we, we don't know. Well, we no, think that, that, I mean, we, we, yeah, we, no, you, 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 yeah, you, see, you yeah. would presume you would presume it's Matt Canada. So, uh, Gav, you make a great point there, and it's, it's uh, in fairness, it's not one I've really thought about. Was is it the, the, the plays are there? It's just that it, it might be the play calling that's yeah, the issue. The selection. Yeah, never really gave that much thought, actually, considering, or you know, just generally taking that into consideration. Because Canada's been to lots of different, especially in, obviously in college, he, he went through quite a few different systems, different approaches. He often had the the motion and the sweep has been his, his thing, but he, he's had so many different players, had many different teams with success, but he's always been run out of town. That's that's the other thing. He's never been never been with a with a college program for a long time, had any success as a head coach. He's had some success, but he was he's always been run out of town. So it's almost like this is happening again. And he's going to get run out of town. I feel sorry for the dude because I do think he's got an approach. You know, it, it, it's a it's a thing I struggle with in in life generally. Is what what should you what should you do? Should you aim for for the best approach or should you aim for the best outcome? And it, and this is something that's riddle, riddles in in UK politics in, in in my workplace. It's everywhere, right? What 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 do you what should you aim for? I mean, you'd think the outcome, but then sometimes. The, you get judged on your approach rather than the outcome. And in this case, he's failing in both. So it's not great. But what, you know, if, if, if the, 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 the fan base seems to be up in arms about the approach rather than the outcome, it's not anger at losing games. It's people 
feeling like it's the play calling, you know, it's 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 what they're doing. So let's change what they're doing and see if the outcome improves. Let's try something. Yeah, try something. Anything. Try something something <laughs> different. Absolutely. Because at the moment, because everything is predictable, um, the other defenses can see everything coming. Um, it's almost like you got to do something the same, different move every time, and then switch it. So mm. it's not predictable. Um, I mean, let me ask you this. Um, would you sacrifice um, the winning season for a, a clear plan that next season is going to be much better? Uh, That's a tough one because I really I, want the winning season. I, is, that, um, is that more important than the next two years? I where... think it is. It is for Tomlin because... There's always this, this forever, and you know, the, you put it down to whatever reason you want. There's always been the sewer, as I've always called it, that that wants to get rid of Tomlin. And the, and the thing that that has protected his his like scrutiny shield is he's never had a losing season. As soon as he has a losing season, that's gone. And then the the sewer is is you know is jacked open one more notch. That that's my concern. <laughs> so in some ways, you could tell me that. Would, would would I want the Steelers to have a, a bad season this year and a great season next year, or would I want the Steelers to be guaranteed to have uh, no losing seasons for the rest of Tomlin's tenure? I think I'd take the no losing seasons for Tomlin's tenure because I, I respect, you know, I really like Coach Tomlin. You know, I, I, he's one of my favourite things about the team at the moment, I, and I don't want any ammunition for the for the sewermen. And that's the thing. So you're either reactionary and you trying to win here and now, do the best for here and now, and do what you can in the off-season, or you trust the people there. I mean, is it, I wonder what Tomlin himself would say. Would he sacrifice um, a losing season so he can build a team for the future? Because this, this, so th- this has been coming. This is no surprise. At some point, Ben was going to retire. So when did they start building? I think I said this to you before, Gavin, that I think this is the year before the building starts. I think next year you start to build. Because next year, you'll, you'll have your potential franchise QB. So that's when it all starts. This is part of the precursor to the building. Hmm. But as you said, when I've heard you say that, but then do you, do you waste TJ Watt? Do you waste Minka Fitzpatrick, Mark J. Mm. Harris? All these things they have in the building right now. Cam Hayward no, ain't going to be playing much longer. Cam Hayward, yeah. great shout, yeah. Yeah, but they, well, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a taboo thing. You don't tank a season, that's clear. Um, and yeah. I don't think they're deliberately going to throw games. Of course not. No, um, you can do that to an economy, apparently, but we won't go there. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> I wonder where, where, any particularly in the world. Um, but it's this is a time to try things, and hmm. someone from the outside looking in and thinking, you know what? It's not the end of the world. What is happening now is not the end of the world because what you're starting to see, little the seeds are being sown and little little buds are coming up. Yeah, um, no, that, that's fair. We, we've also got to remember, you know, we say this in the off season. Look at the look at the conference: Bengals, 
Browns with Deshaun Watson at the end of the year, the Ravens, the Bills, Miami, Chargers, Chiefs. Like, it is elite at the minute in the AFC. And unfortunately, we're just, we've fallen into that position of we're on the slight down when other people are really on the up. You're in the yes, your cycle is in a different place. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So you're starting you know, exactly. a new cycle now where you, where they started the new cycle two, three years ago. Exactly. You look at every single one of those teams and they've all been whipping boys, you know, at times over the last five to six years. You know, Kansas have had the first overall pick, Bengals have had or Bengals Browns have had the first overall pick, Chargers have been in the top five a couple of times. You know, they've all had awful runs. And we never have. I mean, the highest what we've picked in the draft is 16, I think. You know, at, at 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 or whatever it was. So we've had a very, very good run of it. It would, you know, if you were, Ryan, you said it there, how would Tomlin feel? I think Tom, if you were to say to Tomlin, would you want that, maintain that record? He probably wouldn't care about the record. He, you know, the line he would use is, I want us to win every single game I can. If if me having a rec if me maintaining a record above five hundred continues, that's just a consequence of that goal. Yeah, it's not something I think about. I don't know, man. Like the standard is the standard. What is the standard? The standard is not having a losing season. Uh, yeah, but and and that's what I mean. He he would answer it and say, look, if we win, we win, and that's what's most important. I, I don't care how that sits on my stats, but we as a team win. And it's just it, it's just unintended isn't the right word but it's I'll just say it anyway it's like an unintended consequence of if the Steelers win lots of games he will he will continue that record of not, never having a losing season but he probably won't think about it that way he's more con, con, uh, concerned about the franchise not him, not his own personal record I get what you're saying yeah I get what you're saying but I do I, I do think that, that that record has to has to put away on his mind but yeah I think he's got a chance here He'd never say he, it though would he yeah. no but if if he because he he didn't he inherited Ben, yeah, he inherited a winning team. Yeah, he inherited a winning team. So now he's got a chance to prove he can build a team. He can he can almost start from scratch, even though it's incredible to say so far into his career this is the first time he's building a team. But I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you, with a franchise QB in the building the whole time, it's yeah. it's true. Yeah. There's and and you know the, the coach will have a sleepless nights about the QB more than another player. So he didn't. He, he was sleeping pretty well for the last you know, fifteen well, years. Remember the first year of this podcast, Ben was out after the second game with a with an Fair elbow enough. injury, yeah. and you know he, he carried Mason and and Duck Hodges and, you know, and still various had a winning other, season. And still had a winning season. Exactly. So go. maybe that was the 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 tide mark right there. Yeah, you know, fair play. Yeah. Uh, right. So just, just quick hit, quickly hit some of these positions. Um, are we? Are, how worried about Naji are we? Are we not worried at all, Mike? Oh, we, we could end up going down the down the rabbit hole of play calling again. But I, 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 you know, you mentioned about play action being quite effective. We need the play action to be effective to allow Naji's play to be effective. Um, but I mean, I we've to, all I, seen the sorry, we've all seen the clips on Twitter and and in the game film of him just not hitting the right hole. Right. I mean, is this is this what happens to a guy that's put behind a rope a dope O line in his rookie season? Doesn't trust what's there in front of him. Doesn't trust. I mean, we saw it in game one. You know, that I think we mm-hmm. described it as the elevator doors closing in front of him. You know, he picks a hole and it's shut. So is he is he is he started to second guess, thinking, well, that hole's open now, but it's not going to be in a minute, so I need to go somewhere else. 
Yeah, it's it's it, it vision's gonna have to be an area he's gonna have to work on. Or I mean, no, there was one, there was one in the game. Timing. Where there was one where Cole had, had down blocked, and it was a beautiful gap. I think it was in the first half. He just just ran the other way. Just didn't didn't like it. It was a huge hole, and it stayed open. Um, but then, you know, later on he hit the right hole, and the next drive hit a ten yard run. But you know, it wasn't the only problem. There was a lot of bad pass protection. I thought. You know, which is, you know, you, why, if you're keeping a guy back to pass protect, like Warren, who, who looked fantastic in pass protection, you know, if you're keeping a guy back to pass protect, then that's a target that you're robbing your QB off. So he better damn yeah. well do the job of pass protecting to give to give your QB more time to hit one of the fewer targets he has. But if you're if you're the guy that's staying home and you're getting beaten and your guy's getting you know getting pressure on the QB. Then that that's going to change for me. That that's yeah, yeah. and it's a balancing act, isn't it? Because if we, if what we're saying is on, on on third down when you've got Warren in the in the in, on the play, he is definitely going to be blocking. But if you've got Najee, it's, he has the option to to receive. That you know we're we're showing our cards a little bit there. We we need to yeah. mix things up a little bit. Um, you know, in in fairness to Hardy, he did he did have that great play where he threw someone over his shoulder uh, in in pass protection, which I think did the rounds on Twitter as well. Completely lifted someone out of their boots. It might have been JOK, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it had a nice hurdle in the third quarter as well. That's classic Najee. That was all his yeah. college tape was the hurdles, wasn't it? Yeah, it looks great. I'm just, he, he's going to snap his, he's going to snap a limb one time doing that. I do, I do sit and worry going, oh, someone's going to, you know, knock his lights out because he's, he's in a vulnerable position. I, I, we're we're three games in now. We've seen Jalen Warren run the ball eleven times. Would we like to see a little bit more, Jalen Moore? Sorry, I was just uh, <clears throat> my daughter's cat was just trying to get in, and I had to uh, let it in the door. It's the most looked-after cat in the world. It's too good for a cat flap. The thing has to like pour on the door, and you have to unlock it. Sorry, so sorry, that's what I was. Um, I think cold, Warren, yeah, I think Warren has has been fantastic. What an amazing UDFA. Uh, on that 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 little seven yard run he had in, in in the first quarter, amazing vision and patience. And then he he ran he, on the next. He had another seven yard run to set up the first touchdown, and he just ran so tough. And in the second quarter, he had that outside run that he fumbled on. You know, he will he will learn from that. But mm-hmm. uh, just just so many positives. The little shovel play that went for thirty five yards. You know, where, you know that was a Matt Canada call, inventive play. Um, you know, there's only chucks being downfield, but the play was nice. And, you know, I could see him, the thing that he, he because he can pass protect, he's useful, right? So he, he's yeah. a guy that you can make it look like he's going to pass protect and he can just escape out, you know? It's like one of those like, um, like JD McKissick type deal, but tougher, you know, he runs tougher, he runs harder, but he's the kind of guy you can get into space and use. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great they've got him you know, so much better than Snell. He's not. He's not just a straight backup. He offers something a bit different to Harris. Mm. Uh, so it's it's exciting. I think it's you know there's there's room you know there's room for him to actually get more usage than we've seen from a, a RB two on the Steelers for since I don't know Fast Willie Parker. Who I mean, who else was there? Who, what other time have we had two quality running backs? I mean, oh well, D'Angelo Williams would be the one, I guess. Bell and Williams. That was the last time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? A part of me would like to see a little bit of Harrison and Warren on the field at the same time. Yeah, and that was that was that's been something that um, 
has been shown in in uh, training camp a lot and not ever been used. So that's mm. that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you have if you have Warren back into pass protect and, and and Harris runs out on a route or or vice versa, I mean, the the off, the uh, opposing defense isn't going to know what's going to happen. So that's that's something they should look at and hopefully yeah, we see that exactly. against the Jets. Yeah. Well, the Jets defense is twenty fifth, um, according to um, league ranking, and the rushing is twenty sixth in the league. So there's a chance here. There is a chance, a chance to, do things, to do things different. You're telling me there's a chance. I, 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 yeah, there is a chance. Love it. No, I, I, I think there is. I think there is. Um, do we want to? What should we go receiver or O line? And go, uh, let's go. go. We, 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 I think we hit on receivers, didn't we? I mean, there's not much, not much else to say really. I think. Um, yeah. Should, should we give a little bit of credit for that Pickens catch though? Oh, I mean, amazing! Yeah. I, I did, I did enjoy the uh, the meme of him catching the L. I mean, you know, obviously, I didn't enjoy it as a Steelers fan, but I thought it was creative, yeah. giffery or whatever. I, I got, I got that about four times. Yeah, there Boy, was a comparison to um, to OBJ. I mean, yeah. again, we had the we had the um, you know the the Botticelli DJ catch. This this was right up there in in terms of you know artwork. Oh, right? two incredible catches this season already, by us, isn't it? I don't know which one I prefer, to be honest. They're both beautiful. Mm. But this is the same thing as Claypool. Do we want our receivers making these ridico catches when, you know, let's let's just put the ball in the breadbasket and not force them to do these ridiculous things? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's out of your control, depending on the coverage, I suppose. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. You wouldn't expect after three games to see one team make two incredible you know, catch of the season candidates, especially in an offense which isn't really ele- isn't really electric at the minute. So, yeah, but um, why not? Why not build on that? If you do that a couple of times a game, defenses start to think. They start preparing preparing for that. They spread the they spread the defense a bit differently. Well, if you if you've got a guy with a massive catch radius, yeah. 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 Mm. If you've got a guy that's on the field that can do that. The defenses have to think about it. Well, about the Steelers, Steelers have got three of them. Three there guys that can make yeah. crazy catches. Yeah, but like, now you've got a a young guy that wants to prove himself. He's being, um, yeah, with incredible catches. Um, you know, that, that's a positive. Yeah, he's, he's got to be targeted more. I mean, I think in the first two games he was targeted five times and he got seven targets against the, against the Browns. So, you know, it's fair to, it's fair to say... Thankfully, it's it's going in a more positive direction. You know, just just want to see a little bit more of it. You know, get him the ball in space, try him out in screens, not just downfield on the outside. There's um, you know, I think we can all appreciate there. There's talent there, and if it means early days, we're targeting on 50-50 balls. Hey, I haven't got any problem with that at all. Give just give him as much opportunities as we can to succeed, rather than. You know, being on the field for seventy-seven percent of passing routes and only coming out with five receptions in three games. But I do, I do think this comes back to the limitations of Trubisky again. I mean, what, what is Trubisky's passing strength? It's on a naked boot, right? Like a play-action rollout, and he's running sideways. The the O line's running the same way or the opposite way to him, and there's ideally a receiver running the same way as Mitch laterally getting open, mm-hmm. and he can make a, a quick pass. The problem is that doesn't lend itself to sophisticated route running, does it? It's not, that's not, you know, Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison, you know, that's not, mm. 
you know, a guy, you know, it's not Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. It's not a guy that's getting separation and, and, and it's a, you know, it's not a, a West Coast Pete Walsh kind of, you know, I, I'm going to take a three step drop and at that point you're going to be breaking back inside and, you know, yeah, I'm going to hit it. There. It's not that. It's, it's the, the lowest form of, of QB to receive our <laughs> offense. It's never way. going to be anything different, Gav. It's you know, it's it's run to the Buick and turn around. It's you know, it's like a turkey bowl. I'm going to throw it. So that that's the limitation, and and that's what Matt Canada is dealing with. Is he has a QB who's who's um, whose playbook is quite limited. But you know, I think as I said, I think the option is to get more receivers on the field. Get some guys, you know, get one guy doing that so that if he does escape from the pocket, there's a guy that's just going to go with him. But then there's some other guys actually trying to get separation, running some sophisticated routes, spreading out the defense, making the defense not just sit there, you know, because it just looks like the the Steelers under um, Todd Haley had a pretty decent offense where they ran trips. They, they, they lined up in trips and ran loads of things out of it. And then they had that Hank concept, which is basically three guys run up and do all do comebacks. They all sit down at the same time and one of them's open. That hack concept is all the Steelers are doing, but they're not doing it successfully because there's no ever any other threat of anything else at the moment. So so teams and also uh, NFL defenses have changed, right? They, they That used to, you know, that underneath sort of area used to be a more effective way of, 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 of manipulating a defense. Now, the, the, the kind of shell coverages that NFL defenses are running, it doesn't do anything. They've just got ready a guy sitting there ready, either in zone or in man, just to break down onto the ball. So you don't get any yak, which is what's happening. So there just needs to be like a reset on, let's not make Mitch too comfortable. Let's get him out of his comfort zone. And let's do what we did in that fourth quarter where where we had more people open. Let, you know, and, and just let's put the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. See if he can yeah. Saying let uh, let Mitch cook is that what we're saying? Let Mitch make toast. I don't think cooking is <laughs> is on the menu, but you know he can make us as as some cereal Still and milk. Toast. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. You can you yeah. can do a, like a sort of you know midnight snack maybe. Yeah, soup. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beans, beans out of the tin. Right, we've got to talk about the O-liner. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as I said earlier, Gab, we were talking about it in the week. Big, big, big improvement. Really, really positive to see the improvement out of the out of the, uh, out of the unit. Yeah. I, I'm to be honest with you, Gab, I'm given your history. I'm all ears. I'm going to sit back and relax, and uh, and and take everything you're saying in. Well, it was just nice to see them moving some people, wasn't it? They were there were some pancakes out there and just some some lovely like duo combo blocks. I'm still, I'm still unsure about how they look in zone. I don't know. What do you think about the zone blocking? I mean, it's kind of happening, but they, they just don't look that committed. I don't know. I think, I think this is a team, a, a line that wants to go forward, not sideways. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're not quick step kind of dudes. You know, I don't know. What do you think? No, and it, you know what? What benefits zone blocking scheme is uh, is repetition and communication. So the, the the you know what we mentioned earlier with so many new guys, that's still going to have to improve. That's you know if you're going to look at any sort of scheme functionality, that was probably going to be the one that was going to be trailing at the back, just because you've got to get that routine and repetition with these guys. So whilst we can knock that down a peg, I think overall, you know look, look at the entire package, 
yeah, we're moving bodies. We are, we're, we're seeing, you know, Mason Cole assisting a guard on one and then taking a leg blitzer off at the other, you know, that sort of stuff. So there's, there's, there's you, when you want to watch the old lineman, you just want to, you know, it's great to see them pancake a guy go, yeah, you know, we absolutely took him to the, took him to the cleaners. But in reality, with O line play, you just want to not see big mistakes. In re, you know, if your O line is boring, that's a that's a great compliment because they're they're not they're not conceding too much, and we're, I think we're leaning towards that, which is perfectly fine from my perspective. I haven't got any qualms with that whatsoever. Yeah, they're definitely not lights out. I mean, just just flicking over to PFF, Chukumwa Akurafor is the sixth graded tackle. Now, that's wow. pretty good. Yeah, 78.8 grade. It's got a 79.5 run blocking grade, a 72 pass block grade. That's that's incredible. It's three games. You know, this this is data that evens out over the course of the season. I don't expect him to sit there. Dan Moore is down at tackle 50 with a 61.6 grade, 72.9 pass blocking grade, and a 50.2 run blocking grade. So... I don't know what we take from that. I mean, I don't think Chuk- I don't think Chooks is the se- sixth best tackle in the league, but he's had he's had a good start, and that, and we should we should you know take take solace in that that we all thought this was going to be you know the worst. Well, I certainly did. I've been going on about it. <laughs> you were hiding for it so well a year and a half. Um, so it's good to see if if Chucks has taken steps, then I'm all on board for that. Mm-hmm. But let's see do where you know, we are. Do you know how many sacks we've conceded this season? Not many, is it? How many? Five. That's not I mean, too if bad. You, if, no, no, no. God, I, that, that's for not, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of those was that player I t- spoke about last week uh, in the in the game against New England, where Mitch sort of, you know, nearly fell out of the. It was the end of the half when he nearly fell out of the sideline and got tackled. You know, cost us about nine seconds on the clock. I think that might have gone down as a sack as well. So you could argue it's actually four. And then you got you delve into well how much that was all line play, but even still four or five, irrespective of that. If you would have said to us in the preseason after three games we'll have only conceded four slash five sacks, we would have taken that to the bank. Oh, absolutely. How, I mean, how many of those sacks were in the pocket? Well, well, like, as I say, one definitely wasn't, and then there was that the, the same sort of play he made, but I can't remember if he was past the line or not, where Sam Hubbard nearly took the ball out of his hand. So. I Again, think a couple. He, he, I think I think just two. I think three, because he was sacked. Was it a Patriots where he was running towards the line? Yes, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's it's um, the sacks were not in the pocket. Most of them were outside. Yeah, no, the pass protection has definitely been pretty good, and I think the run the run play has not been bad either. You know, I think there's been holes there. Um, mm-hmm. Just looking on the interior, just back at PFF, you know, I, I find this stuff interesting. Not, you know, it's not necessarily gospel, but it, it gives you an, an idea. James Daniels is ranked as an 18th best guard, and Kevin Dotson is the 21st. So, I mean, okay, people are thinking, oh, that doesn't sound great. They're not top 10 or whatever. But compared to last year, this is a massive improvement after three games. I mean, that, that's two guys, top 20, in, you know, a position where you just want, you just want, Average. You just yeah, want average they, play across the board. That's what you're saying, right? So that those two guys up, it's you know, I'd like to see them a little bit higher, mid table, maybe you know, fifteen, sixteen. But they're they're there and thereabouts. Well, then, correct me from correct me if I'm wrong, Gav. Those stats are for guards entirely. So that's out of sixty four. Minimum sixty four. 
yeah, yeah, guys absolutely. you may have come oh, in. Absolutely. So we're, we're, we're in the, what were the numbers again? Sorry, Gav, apologies. Uh, I just moved on. 18. I think it was about 18 and 21. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So, we're in the t- so both of our guards are in the top third. Our starting right tackle is in the top 5%. Yeah. Dan Moore, bless you. Um, Let's see where Mason that, Cole is. Mm. He, Mason Cole is fourth. I mean, that's so, massive progress. And again, take PFF how you will, Rich, I'm sorry. But, you know, based on a metric that's provided by a, you know, data-driven organization, however you want to call it, the, the defined PFF, we are seeing positive play out of the O-line. And I'm, yeah. pl- I'm really, really pleased to see that because if we do end up having Pickett playing in later in the season, there's going to be confidence there. So we don't know what I'm... I can I can only appreciate Gav. You are. I am merely a percentage, pl- uh, as pleased as you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look, you look at the you look at the you look at the center rankings. Number one overall, Creed Humphrey. All right. I mean, I was you know red star guy for me. I was banging the table for him. Number two, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Number three, Eric McCoy out of the the Saints. Loved not him. a house. Not a household name. You you, you high on the big board? Yeah, loved him. Texas A and M. Absolutely loved Eric McCoy. He would have been. I, I seem to recall being him being top 20, top 30 pick for me. What year was he drafted? I can't remember. Uh, he's been paid. So I'm going to say about oh. six years. Okay. And then number four, Mason Cole. And then we go Ryan Kelly. And then number seven, Linda Baum, eight, Lindsley. So if if Cole can keep this up, then... Mm, if he's in that neighborhood. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really positive play on that. And... You know, we'll, we'll go on to the Jets game now in a sec, but I, I think uh, I think our own line has a chance to to really stamp their authority this week. So when 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 it's you got these kind of stats three games in, it's that's promising, right? Because that's before the, they're just getting used to each other, so it can only mm-hmm. get better, right? Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the trajectory you hope for. Yeah. Now the only caveats are the fact that they've got you know people loads of people back to protect we talked about that and the fact you know Mitch is kind of helping them out a bit you know he's not sat there in the pocket asking them to pass block one one potato two potato three potato four potato that's not happening he's one potato oh it's not open I'm running out or you know mm-hmm. balls out quick so that helps him so you know with a different quarterback with a different scheme maybe these you know it's not it's not in a vacuum is it it's all it's all part of a scheme and part of an offense but what it shows you is that the you know, this, 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 uh, it, it was a, the same OC last year. It was a different quarterback, uh, but the players are different. So, what we're hoping here is that it is down to individual performance and improvement from Chucks. That's what we, that's yeah. what we want. And let's, uh, let's look at, you know, the, the changes we made this half season on the O line. Let's look at, let's look at September next year. Chucks signed a contract recently, James Daniels contract, Mason Cole contract, and two rookies. So that line doesn't have to change. Yeah. If it's good. <laughs> if, it remain, if it remains good. And yeah. I, I will, I will, you know, I will, I will hand draft a, a, uh, a letter to the Steelers apologizing for my three years of ranting <laughs> at them for not taking O-line seriously in the draft. I will, I will eat my words. I will then eat that letter. Hold on, let me just write this down. Hold on, what's it? Yes, Kets, <laughs> Kets, you're listening. Weights and measures, mate. Weights and measures. Yeah. Um, right, tight ends. Do we talk about tight ends? I mean, Muth, not not used until you know right at the end, and then then came alive. What can you say? Can't really judge. Great player. We love him. Move on. Gentry didn't see much of Gentry, did you? Was no, he injured? I, I don't think no. he was. Let's see. Going back to the game book here. Um, 
Gentry, 39% of the snaps on 23 snaps. So I, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't make much of a play, but maybe that's just that's just him. I think you know we we see the occasional big truck in play, or you know, but this wasn't wasn't called upon in this game, so no cause for concern. And Connor Haywood, uh, six snaps, so nothing to talk about there. Should we move on? Should we move on to the defense? Before we, I, I don't want to hang yeah. around too much on this because it's such a long time ago. This game. Yeah. Um, now, do we think this this defense, the defensive plan, was just don't care about Brissett. Let's we just sell out to stop the run. There was a lot of single high safety, which makes sense. I mean, you know, this is it's a running team, but you know, in the end, um, Brissett played a tight game, some decent passing concepts, and, and, and let's not forget. I mean, Cooper is. I think Cooper is one of the best route runners, route runners, whatever you have, mm-hmm. you want to say it in the league and his his route running just shone through it was it was a thing to behold and um especially cam sutton was really 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 revealed as being not able to stay with him um but the defense as i said before made made a quality stand you know to, to hold the drive to a field goal in in the third quarter but but we're just tied in the fourth um the offense didn't give him a break at all uh, Browns went on a fourth quarter, 11 play, 80 yard, almost seven minute drive that resulted in a physical goal line stand. What what does the offense do? They go three and out. Um, so you know, we, we, we said this last week, didn't we? I mean, it was my it was my bold prediction that the Browns would rush for more more yards than we would have on O entirely. That you know, if I was a if I was a Browns coach, that would have been my game plan as well. You know, we've just come off two very very long weeks very intense weeks and then to come in on a, on a Thursday night game. Fair, fair. No, Mike, we lost you. We lost mm. Mike. Mike, come back to us. Yeah. Well, can you hear what Mike said? Yeah, we've got to play like a chub. It's no surprise. It's no surprise that was going to happen. And Hunt, it yeah. was always going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about the pass rush here, but we we got Mike back or not? Hello, Mike. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We lost you there for a second. What were you saying? What were you saying? Second time. Um, oh, just just that the you know we we could we could criticise individual players on D on D, but they've been on the field so much. Um, this was the worst possible time for us to have a Thursday night game. And again, sort of looking towards the Jets game, I think that extra break is just gonna help us. Recharge some of the batteries, set set us set ourselves back, and then and then kick a kick on a gear. Um, can I just give a little shout though to? No, because we've lost you again. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> we'll never know. All right, who, who are you giving a shout out to? Am I here? You are there. You are here. I don't know where are you. Are you there? What know. is going on? Um, Hoy Smith, that that um that sack it's it's become his i don't want to compare him to dwight freeney because i know he's one of your boys gavin um but that inside spin oh it's a weapon quality yeah yeah absolutely sells the tackle takes takes the Mm. distributed his way to the right and then bang on his inside shoulder the tackle just doesn't know what hits him that's that's a thing of beauty It's, it's almost like he doesn't really have an outside pass rush but he's got the counter. So he just uses the outside rush just to set up the counter. And then yeah. the counter is what gets, gets him the mustard. Uh, I mean, I was disappointed to see him be beaten out by Melvin Ingram for AFC Depom, defensive player of the month. But 
you know, I mean, I guess being on the, you know, the the, the, the minute of the team of the moment, Miami will help. And also, I think didn't didn't he have a, a pick six or something, Ingram? Or he he definitely set up he, some TD, a, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's had a fumble recovery for the TD. I think we won a week two. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but Highsmith's been so, and I think Highsmith really okay. Yeah, it's the sacks that's getting the the highlights. You know, and, he, and he, is he leading the NFL in sacks? I think he's, he's got some crazy like he's he's way up there. But it's his play against the run as well as that as that spin move. It's so many plays where he's block shedding and just killing, killing, killing guys. Basically, just you know, he stopped stop the the Chubb cut back in in the second quarter. I mean, just that 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 whole package. He's really developed into you know a serious edge defender, and that's that's great to see. You know, you've got to remember this is a small school guy that was kind of an unknown. I mean, we liked him on the, in the draft coverage, but you know no guarantees no guarantees with this guy at all and he's playing absolutely lights out and and this is in a game where he is the headline there's you know on yeah. the other side we've got jags i'm afraid to say um i'm, I'm not convinced on reed yet i mean he, a major whiff in run defense didn't tackle chubb with any form that chubb slipped it it broke for 16 yards and that was in the fourth quarter and you know in preseason i saw a little bit of get off from reed i don't know where that's gone hasn't got any get off hasn't got any moves i'm yet to see i mean it's early early to say but i'm i, I don't I, i'm not yet to see it with reed have you, what have you seen from him not many, not much to write on bro uh, he's he's there to fill the fill the role for now um and just try not to get burned too much well, well to be honest fourth quarter um they're off their feet weren't they mm. Yeah. Um, and it was probably targeted. I saw it coming. So I won't surprise. I won't be surprised if that was a scheme from the Browns to go on that, that side. Yeah, sure. Mm. Gav, just on your point on Heismith. Yeah. He, yes, he is leading the league at four and a half sacks. But in addition to that, I'm just looking at the other tackle, uh, total tackles these edge, rush, edge rushers have made and, and the other guys who are sort of in the four sacks range Khalil Mack, Nick Bosa, Jerry Hughes, for example. Alex Heisman has has 20 combined tackles. No one is anywhere near him. So, you know, talk about your support and argument of, of, of his advantageous plays in the run game as well. He's he's ticking so many boxes this season. Um, yeah, this this isn't a situational pass rusher. This isn't no. a guy that you throw out there on third down just to try and harry your quarterback. This is a solid run defender that has... He doesn't have the, the kind of full quota of pass rush moves, but he's got enough. He can bull rush. And he can do that spin, and he and he he's strong enough to 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 get on the outside. And what he does have is a great get off. So mm-hmm. you know this this is the perfect you know uh, edge B to edge A of TJ Watt. And you know and he can produce when he is edge edge A. But let's just when 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 this is going to be. I think this is going to be a lights out pairing when you get these two together with 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 Highsmith peaking as he is. And this guy, you remember Dupree's development over the over the course of his rookie deal. Only really the last year where where Dupree was making any noise at all, and and Dupree was way more of the kind of athletic specimen than Highsmith is. So this this is great to see that Highsmith's here, getting talked about in in this kind of terms, getting you know conference wide recognition, sack leader. This is fantastic news. Yeah, so this is yeah. really really something to be pr- pleased about. Unless you're Mark Madden, <laughs> right? Well, the last year he had them just looking at um, he had six sacks the entire season. Mm. Uh, after 16 games, now he's got four and a half after three, so pretty good. Arrow up. 
very much so. Yeah. So uh, Jarvis Jones, not Jarvis Jones. Oh my God, that's a Ooh. blast from the past. No, Jameer Jones. Um, not much to say, really. I mean, I don't know. Just a guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the rush is apart from apart from Highsmith, the rush is tepid. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of in 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 some in some ways, I'm I'm thinking get Delonte Scott out there because at least he's got that kind of bendy edge thing going on. But um, I don't know. I did, know. I, did I see just talking about edge and D line? Did I see something in the last few days that Tyson Alu has been knocked down the depth chart? Well, I thought I thought it was evident. Hang on, what did the snap count say? I thought it was evident in the game actually that Adams had overtaken him. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is my defensive snap count here? Uh, so uh, Adams twenty one percent snap share, Alu Alu fifty four. So I'm talking absolute nonsense, but. Um, in terms of impact, I noticed on the tape Adams a lot more making impact plays. I thought Alu Alu, you know, Alu Alu's coming back from the injury. He's he's not he's not young, you know. He's 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 a bit long in the tooth. I I I, I thought I saw a more even split than that in terms of in terms of impact from from Adams. You know, we we'd like to get off. This guy's a third round pick. It's not 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 come out of nowhere. Um, changing of the guard, you think? You know. Move Alu Alu into a rotational role. Let let Adams try and dominate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Alu Alu is 35 now, coming off an ankle injury. So we he's, he's and I, and he was injured during camp as well. So we've you know we've got to monitor that. We've we've if he if he is coming in and may, and um, uh, in in the rotation, we've got to be just conscious of his age and his and his uh, his injury past mm. past. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. Cam slightly quieter game, but but made some nice plays, especially as as the D tired in 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 uh, mm. fourth quarter. Cam was still going. Uh, Layer, Layer. I think I think I was wrong on Layer. Where were you with Layer in the draft process? Can't remember. Uh, let me get let me get the all encompassing big board. I, I was happy with Layer. I think my issue was just where was he going to play? Yeah. Because he he was asked to play quite all over the line at at A and M. Um, I had him fifty fifth. Okay. On, on the on the L Farrell big bar, so I would. But that's happy. that's about range then, because I thought yeah. it was a reach. So you had it right. Okay. That's cool. I think I was wrong on it. I just I just didn't see the fit. I, I saw him as a tweener, but he's and doing then, some things in that third quarter. He's doing some things. That, but that's always the issue, isn't it? Is, is you can look at a player, God, God, he's an absolute superstar, or God, he's awful. But when you put him in a specific position or ask him to do a specific role, he can, he can totally flip it. And I think with Lial, I think we're doing the right thing in in rotating him in and out, having, moving him around the line a little bit. And you know he is surrounded by talented players as well, so he's going to be focused on slightly less than people like Cam. So no, I'm 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 pleased to see this positive play out. Really, really am. Did you see the play in the third quarter? He he, he ended up flushing Brissett from the pocket, but he he, sw- he 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 got up to a blocker. He swam past that guy. Someone maybe it was the back or someone else kind of tried to fill in behind the beaten blocker, and he swam past him. Um, <laughs> did the same same like overarm swim past two dudes, and then and then uh, by this point, yeah, as I said, he flushed Brissett, so he had he had the motor to chase chase Brissett out Brissett out to the sideline. I mean. Great, uh, great motor, but then comes back the very next play and makes a nice shed and tackle on Chubb. So the dude's, you know, got stamina, endurance, the the, the want to, some skills out there. So it's just the usage, you know. He's maybe he's not going to be an every down guy, but he's he's got he's got a role, I think. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you know yourself, you need so much depth with with the D line to get guys in, get guys out, get them fresh. So if we if we can afford to see positive plays out of a rookie, well, you know, someone like Cam has to take a breather because again, Cam's not getting not getting the youngest. Uh, I'm just looking at snap count here myself as well. Slightly down actually in the Cleveland game, just the 13 snaps there compared to compared to uh, 17 and 16 against Cincy and New England. But but the impact, I think, again, mm-hmm. like like Adams, I wouldn't be surprised to see more. Yeah, because the impact yeah. is there. Yeah. Um, Lario still still coming on the, the sack, um, mm-hmm. the Highsmith sack. I think you know Lario was there powering up the middle too. You know br- brute strength, uh, so pushing on. Um, anything else you want to say? I mean, do, do you want to say anything positive about Jameer Jones? I mean, he had a nice stuff, a run stuff in in uh, fourth quarter on Chubb, but I just I find he's getting knocked off course on the rush pretty easy. Um, I, I thought he catch up after that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, 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 no, exactly what you mean. I, I, he is what he is, isn't he? He's a backup rotational guy. Yeah, I mean the the pass rush was pretty tepid outside of Highsmith, so mm-hmm. that's you know I don't know. We'll see. Um, linebackers, Bush. Mm-hmm. What do we think about Bush? Come on, Mike. Tell tell us what we want to hear. There were one or two bad players, unfortunately. Um, I have been, although overall in the three games, I'm more positive than I probably was in the Saturday season. I've always been a fan of of Devin Bush. You know, I, I was thrilled when we picked him. It's a shame. It's sort of, we've come to the position where we, you know, we didn't give him the, the fifth-year option and, and we're questioning whether he's a starter and they're going forward. But I definitely think there's some improvement. But there were a couple of plays in this game where the, you know, the running back got out of his hands and we're losing a couple of extra yards after that and, and we can't afford that especially with the way our, the, how much our D has been on the field the last few weeks you know we can't afford sloppy mistakes like that there was the the savage whiff which went for mm. 19 yards on on Njoku is that what you're talking about I mean that uh, was that was bad oof. After I've tried to remind myself yeah, I think that was the worst play of the day but he, he's done some things I think I'm not as worried about Bush as I was I yeah. think getting Jack in has helped. I just think the the panic alarm, you know, you can you can hit the panic button to stop ringing because I think at the moment he's showing enough to think, okay, this guy can play. I don't think he's he's not playing elite. He's not playing like a first round pick that you trade up for. But it's the Edmund scenario. You know, he's got that tag on his head. I think he's playing this season is his best string of games. I think. Especially with you know from 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 some of the, the lowlights, yeah, since the injury, since the rookie season, some things that we've seen him do recently. He's he's, he's shown some good takedowns. He, he showed a, a really strong grip in the, in the second quarter in the run game. He just he just gripped on. He gripped on like an O line man, you know, onto the pads and just moved the guy. And and that that was something you know the will, the want to, uh, nice coverage tackle on Njoku. A little bit of sideline to sideline, a hell of a goal line play, and a second and goal in the fourth quarter to stop Hunt from scoring, where he, he kind of bench pressed him to stop him getting in. <laughs> so I, I think you know I'm, I'm not running Bush out of town. No, I'm in, Jack, I'm, I'm in total agreement. Let's, let's make some progress here, Jack. Good in all facets. Great signing, coverage, run, sideline to sideline. Jack, I'm on board. I'm yep. not. I won't have any bad words said about him. Um, Spillane, what a sweet downhill tackle. 
to stop charging, charging the third third quarter. I mean, man, that dude triggered downhill and just lanced through the blocking so well. So Spillane, yeah, this group um, is growing on me, the linebackers. So, you know, I, I think um, that my, my alarm bells have stopped ringing. Hmm. Uh, Usage, but, I think, is probably one, the only thing I'd say on the linebackers. You know, what, what, why, why is, is, is Spillane on the field at third and eight when he's not the most athletic? In yeah, you know, well, the, I think I think I think that's a that's a choice, right? We talked about that before. Like he's he's mm-hmm. playing dimebacker, and he's not a coverage guy, but he's he's the guy that's there just to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And and we've got you know other other DBs there that are that are going to be in coverage, and occasionally we're going to see Spillane get beat, and you can't really blame him for it. But they obviously think he's athletic enough to do that. But really, I think he's the, he's the lone run defender. You know, if they that do a draw, or you know they yeah. You know they they catch you out. He's there, to, which, he's which we've insurance. been caught out a lot over the years. Right. Those those third and eight delayed draws to running backs for nine yards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, right, cornerbacks. Um, oh man, where do we start? I think I think I think this cornerback group is good. I just it's just about usage for me, and no one's going to be surprised when I'm going to question what happens. When you put Sutton outside one on one versus Cooper, <laughs> I tell you what happens: he gives up five yards, five yards of separation, and a thirty-two yard reception. He plays with too much cushion. He's too stiff in the breaks, and he gets badly beat, like we saw previously when Diggs beat him playing for the Bills. The dude is just not an outside corner. Period. Now I understand this was—I think it was first down, so they're probably thinking, "All right, we'll put Sutton on the outside." And it's going to be a run play. No, if if Sutton is out there, opposing offensive coordinators know one on one with their star receiver, be it Cooper, Diggs, or anyone else that you will take in the first couple of rounds of fantasy, Sutton is going to get burned. Yeah, and that that is open. So that that needs to change. And I'm hoping that they see that and go, okay, Sutton for me should just play between the numbers. I don't, I don't want to see the dude outside the numbers. If if you need if you need him to be there. You know, on on first down, play him as a safety. You know, do something to keep him in zone because he's a great player. Play him to his strengths. Don't put him out of position because it just it looks so bad. Because the rest of the time, you know, he's got, you know, he's got some great plays on this on the in the film here. But just he, the dude gets exposed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he lost he lost David he lost David Bell on a crosser. You know, he he loses guys in coverage but then he made a hell of a diving catch to kill the play but he can tackle he can break down on the ball he can diagnose it's, it's not a mental thing it's just he's limited so just don't put him in that position but i've ranted about this for so long so anyway <laughs> no you're, you're you're right Use, usage is an issue and ju- just to touch on um on wallace and witherspoon they mm, uh, they, they could, you see good plays, you see bad plays on both. I think I think it's probably fair to say. Um, you know, I've, I've I've seen some stats on Wallace in terms of how much coverage yards he gave up. And you go, oh, that stat looks nice. And then you see him give a couple of receptions up in this game. You go, oh, sugar. So there's, yeah, there's still a bit of work to do there. But I'm 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 still happy with the two lads we have outside. You? Yeah, I mean, people people getting on with a spoon for Cooper beating him. Yeah. Cooper did school him. I mean, but Cooper's one of the best route runners. Yeah, you've got to remember that. But Witherspoon wasn't wasn't giving up five yards of separation. He was just he was just beat, you know, 
he, he was getting turned and twisted, but he was still there. He it just, you know, he could, Witherspoon started playing a little bit deeper and giving up too much cushion. I think I think if people have been saying Wallace should move ahead of Witherspoon on the depth chart, I don't know about that. I, I just think we should just play Wallace and Witherspoon and have Sutton there playing playing yep. with them, and that, that's a better lineup and we'll, we'll be more successful. Uh, Mullet, um, I, I picked him to get the first sack. I thought he was going to get the first sack. He had to, he had to hurry up on the blitz first quarter <laughs> with his hands up, looking like looking like someone celebrating a touchdown running at um, Brissett, but he didn't get it. But Mullet, love Mullet, man. I'm He's really, your guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. Okay, let's move ahead. Unless you've got anything else to say. Let's no, get no. this game, let's no, get no, this no, game done. Uh, safeties, quiet a game from Minka. Had the had the whiff on the um yeah. for t- went for ten yards on the thirty six yard run, but uh, it's you are going to get that out of him occasionally, aren't you? I mean, you, yeah, his, you take, his, his his strength is 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 pass coverage, zone coverage. It in the run game, it there is a flaw to his game. It's not it, there are positives, but yeah, he he does have a whiff in his locker, and, yeah, and I think yeah. you just have to have to have to come to terms with that. I do like him against the run generally, but mm-hmm. it's, it seems to me it's it's when it's not when he's playing the run down at the line of scrimmage. It's when he's being a safety, breaking down on a run that's that's got through the the, the line of defence ahead of him. That's when he's got a whiff in him. Uh, but you can live with it. I, I can live with it. I can live with yeah, it. Yeah, agreed. Um, special teams can't get on boz too much. I mean, you know, it'd been nice if the, that field goal had been scored, but that was early doors, wind. I'm not worried yeah. about Boz. Are we worried about Boz? I'm not worried about Boz. Not in the slowest. Um, and then Boykin doing some things on special teams. Killer Brew, nice punt deflection. Same old characters. Same characters that come up every week. Um, and just on the uh, Derek Watt special team snap count for all the people that want to run him out of town. Uh, Derek Watt played 68% of special teams, which is joint first with Connor Hayward. So those two dudes are your special teams. So they're not going anywhere. Right. Anyone else got anything else to say about this game or should we move on? <laughs> I, I, I think we're ready to kick on with the Jets. That's ready to kick on. The Jets. Right. So Mike, you you made a an appearance on the, what are they called? Do you, do you want to give them a shout out? Do you want to tell us? Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was great to be on. I was on with the, the Jets UK, uh, UK podcast and, um, just, just we, we we had a short chat just generally to catch up on, you know that that crossover and and fair play to the, fair play to the lads for having us on. Um, it, it, it's great hearing, you know we we talk Steelers we are institutionalized. It's great hearing from other fans from other franchises what they think of us and how aligned they are with sort of our thought process on that. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was great crack being on. Kets did message me this morning to note that I did have my Kenny Pickett jersey on. Um, <laughs> which was not not a subtle hint that he needs to play on the weekend, but um, <laughs> I think I think was warranted to have it on anyway. But what what, what are we feeling? I'll, I'll go on to some of the some of the bits that we discussed um, on the pod. What what are we feeling generally then about this weekend? Are we? I know we mentioned it's a it's vitally important. Certainly, I mentioned it's vitally important to the to the season going in in general. But are we are we confident? Are we are we thinking this is one that we should be able to park quite comfortably? But I'm I'm. Pretty, I'm about as confident as you're going to get. I think that this mm. has to be a win. Has to be. I, I mentioned it. I mentioned on the pod that one of the areas. I mean, I'm, I'm their back. I'm the Jets' backup left tackle. 
Um, and I am not six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds. Before anyone asks, so they, they are struggling in that department. And you know, we've just spent the whole time waxing lyrical about Alex Highsmith. I would politely ask that he is placed right over the left tackle all game <laughs> and yeah. leave him there. You know, we, we experimented with Hayward out wide. Stick Hayward out there wide as well. Stick anyone out there out wide. You know. Wilson, as you, as you mentioned, Ran Wilson's just back from an injury. Now, from what I hear, he, he could have actually come back a week or two earlier, but there's, there's still a lot of question marks on his play. So I want to see regular blitzing, regular pressure, you know, Cam Sutton, late blitzing, Arthur Mollet, late blitzing. You know, I, I want to see pressure on Wilson constantly. Um, because I think that's going to be the way that we're going to win this. Um, I think the Jets, the Jets D itself has got areas of solid play. They've got good corners. The D line is is, is fairly good. I think I'd, I'd argue, and, and we mentioned this last night, is weak at linebacker, sort of in the inside linebacker position. So there's there's a chance in potentially in the run game or or seam routes. Really? Because I like CJ Mosley. Uh, they're not high on Mosley. I mean, he's got no, season-high 12 tackles and fumble recovery last week, 10-plus tackles in eight games of last nine. But it's so, – so, sorry, he has 12 tackles so far in the season. I mean, 12 no, – no, I mean, no, 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 12, 12 tackles in the last game. Oh, apologies. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say 12 and 3. It was going to be nothing to write home about. But, yeah, they, they, you know, they sort of, sort of mentioned that if they were going to point an area of weakness, that's probably where the Steelers could look to exploit, you know, particularly in coverage. So, which, which is fun, fair we, enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Mosley doesn't scream to you as a, as a solid coverage linebacker. So that's an area that we want to look at. I did mention on the pod that the trench, the, the trenches on this game are going to be key because I think Quinn and Williams is starting to improve and warrant that, you know, top five pick that he was for the Jets a couple of years ago. Whilst at the same time, our O-line is improving. And then on the flip side of that, their O line, you know, they've got AVT, the interior guy, the USC from a cup from season before last, but they have got that issue with a, a tackle. So their offense is top ten in the league. But that's with Joe Flacco. I mean, and, and the, that's the, with the, Joe Flacco. The crazy exactly. stat with Flacco is he's one out of only four QBs this season with 900 plus pass yards. He's got 901. And five plus TD passes, five this season. I mean, mm. that that's crazy. You need yeah, to keep, they, yeah. So, I, I mean, both defenses are um, not doing great, and I think the key would be to um, keep the the offense on 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 the ground, keep them playing. You need their defense to be playing as much as possible and not giving them the ball. Yeah, hang on to the ball, let them defend. That will be the key. There'll be points in this game. There will be points. But as long as you score one more than them, you're fine. <laughs> well, it's just I think it's just about getting first downs. That's it's yeah. just like you say, Chain it's just staying yeah. staying yeah. on the field. Hang on to the ball. Yeah. Hang on to the ball. And if you need to grind it out, grind it out. Because they're in a very similar situation and their offense is better. Well, statistically, obviously. Statistically. Yeah, who who would uh, who would you be more worried about, Mike Joe Flacco or uh, Zach Wilson? Uh, is it is it strange to say Flacco? No, I agree. I agree. I agree as well. I mean, give me the, give me the like kid, the troubled kid. 
first game back, injury, mm-hmm. cougar crisis hanging over him. Give me that guy. I don't, I don't want some some savvy veteran. All right, yeah, he, he can't move. Some people might call him a bum, but you know, or elite, or elite for one pro season in a decade ago. But the dude knows Pittsburgh. You know, he's he's played played for a long time in the division. Mm. You know, he, I think he's, I think there's this would be his third start in a row versus Pitt with no interceptions. You know, the the guy. It, it screams the sort of game where afterwards you go, of course, Joe Flacco played for the Jets and beat the Steelers. You know, you know that sort of thing. It, yeah, it, yeah. Given the history that we've had with him in the years with the Ravens, it just screams that that's going to be something that's going to come out with this. Yeah, I, I'd, you know, watch, watch Zach Wilson throw for 300 yards now as we say this, but I probably would, would rather him because we've not, I say we, you know, the Jets haven't seen the, the production they would have probably wanted out of a number two overall quarterback. In, in in the draft, so there's. I don't think he should have been. I know some people, you know, Rich was high on him. Other people high on. Him. I I thought I saw a, a slightly more mobile Mason Rudolph with with Zach Wilson. You know, he, he's good on, you know, first read, quick read, quick strike, get it out, yeah. or or scramble. There's nothing. You know, the scrambling element Rudolph doesn't have. But in terms of just his downfield passing. I'd say Rudolph's got a bigger arm, better arm, better deep ball. Um, you know, I, I'm yet to be educated on anything mm. other than that because that's that's what I saw on his college tape, and I haven't seen anything in the NFL anywhere near his college tape. Has he has he had a game in the NFL as good as that final season for BYU? Arguably not. Now, can we criticise him a bit last season because you know I caught four passes from him um, as well as playing backup left tackle apparently but you know like they, they, their roster was awful they've done a lot of work this season in trying to build that roster and it is better and from a Jets perspective I'd imagine it was quite a shame when he did get injured and had to miss a couple of games because they were starting to piece you know decent little nuggets to go uh, you know last night they were saying how the uh, uh, Matt Mitchell the rookie right tackle from Louisiana is is starting to improve and looks looks like he could be a handy round round three round four pick I think he was where do you, where do you have him on your big ball because Max Mitchell looked like to me one of those guys that was a, a fantastic college tackle but just wasn't big enough for the NFL where do you have him Can you, have you got your big ball this is usually where you go oh, I haven't got it but you, you, you opened no, it up no, already I, right? I do 97 97 oh, third, round three round three that's yeah, fair that's not bad yeah fair enough yeah. just above Jelani Woods um, yeah. so yeah there's I think that's the issue with the Jets is they, they are starting to piece together. I mean, it it does help having three first round picks this year and then taking Brees Hall in the second round. Um, you know, Garrett, Garrett Wilson started to started to look like a little bit of a weapon. And, you know, there's questions of chemistry. You know, if Wilson has been back healthy the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been playing with the ones in training because you've got to give those refs to Flacco. So has he built this rapport with... Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, you know Tyler Conklin. Don't forget Tyler Conklin. He he led the team last year, last week with uh, eight catches, eighty-four yards. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly highly ranked in in fantasy football at the minute, isn't he? But with, yeah. with his stats, so you know there there are pieces there for the Jets, but I. I predicted us to win. To win, I think it would be a, a fairly close game. 
I think where we can really take advantage, where an area we can take advantage of is an area of weakness for the Jets. Which in is? Terms of, in, in, in terms of uh, pass rush. Pass rush. Yeah. Their, their lack of pass rush or a decent pass rush? B- both. Okay. But uh, more, more, less so their lack of it, but more so our positive O-line play in the last week or two. Okay. Because I'm con- I'm concerned by the uh, lack of pass rush the Steelers might actually present, but uh, as you said, get Cam Hayward out on the you know ed- you know ed- yeah we bit. we need to take advantage of whoever's playing I can't, I don't even know who's playing left tackle, um, you know Andre in the pod yesterday mentioned that uh, so someone he knows in and around the Jets I think it was or or, or a reporter was saying that he might be the worst football player he has ever seen. Wow. He's about to play left tackle. Oh, it was. He, he took him to the woodshed. He wasn't uh, holding back in the slightest. So okay. they, they, they are nervous. I'll put it that way. Um, they are very, very nervous about who they're starting left tackle. This isn't just like, you know, we're bringing in the swing, you know, Joe Haig starting left tackle, bringing in the swing tackle to cover an injury. Apparently they are very concerned about how good this guy. So this is like Chaz, Chaz Green level of, Concern. It's Chaz Green with one arm title, <laughs> okay. also known as Chaz Green. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are major concerns. There were um, uh, he was telling me last night. So that that we need to exploit that. Yeah. Okay. Well, they are twenty six in the league in rushing, so might uh, Tabrizi might have a bit more time. Oh, pass rushing. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Uh, I think I think the, c- the concern comes from that they've got Source Gardner back there, who is. Yeah. I mean, he, he he he. They. I don't know. I don't know if they do do the thing where they shadow or if they just play left and right. I'm not an expert, but I, I imagine they're going to put Source onto DJ or or going to try and get Source onto DJ, which that can be tricky. I mean, Source is excellent man 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 uh, in man yeah. coverage. Yeah, so it, very it well could, against Jamar Chase. Yeah, so it could be it could be a game for some other people. Pickens, Claypool, Boykin, Freyamuth, Najee, someone else to step forward in the receiving world. Jalen Warren, someone else might get peppered. DJ might not be the target leader in this game. And that's fine. Sometimes you need your number two to step up. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally I, right. I, I just hope they take the opportunity and mix things up a bit. Mm. Just to make things up. Yeah, yeah, they need to. Yeah. Someone, yeah, they need to shake the whiskey glass. Um, should we pick the game? I can give you Simon's and uh, Ketz's pick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Simon has picked a seventeen to fourteen win. Ketz in Mexico, storm watching and avoiding deadly animal attacks. Right, monkeys. Yeah, picks a loss, thirteen to twenty four. Whoa. So yeah, come on, Ketz. Uh, I think he might have been um, on experimenting with certain things. Oh right, he's he's, uh, he's smoking cacti. Oh, um, okay. I think they drink the cacti. Okay, yeah, I know. But uh, anyway, um, I'll go next. I'm, I'm going to pick a win here. I'm going to pick a big win. I think the Steelers go rago in this game. Uh, it's at home, you know. Uh, that's the last game. The last time the Steelers played, the Steelers ten, they lost to the Jets sixteen. But that was that was in uh, is it Metabank they play or MNT Bank somewhere like that somewhere in New York New Jersey area, mm-hmm. but the last time they played at Heinz Field because it was Heinz Field then, 2016 was a 31 to 13 victory. 
Now they've never played Salah, so this is a new new coach staring back across across the gridiron at Tomlin. But I'm going to pick 28 to 17 win here. It's an 11 point 11 point game. So Mike, where are you, my friend? I love the optimism. I, I think it'll be slightly closer, but I do think it's a, it's it's a Steeler win. So I'm going to go 21 17. Close one. And then Ran, you're not you're not technically um, in the picks game, but you're going to do a one-off to see how you do. That's very kind, thank you. Um, I so I had a look at some of the results in the league. I sixty percent, just over sixty percent of all of all scores came with eight points or less, including one draw. So it's been very very Go, close games. Going by I reckon the it's going to be a close game. Are you hear me, all right, Gab? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so you're going by the numbers and you're going by the stats to pick to pick to pick your um, not, by the, not by the heart. I, I I think there'll be points here. Now I wrote Steelers twenty four, and um, Jets. I've been changing the number as we've been talking, but I'm going to go with twenty two. Ooh, two point game. Ooh, I reckon okay. be a, uh, within a field goal. All right. What? Uh, just one quick one, Gab. Um, I last time I was at Heinz Field, humble brag. I appreciate that. I the last game I saw was the Jets against the Steelers, 2012. Um, Eric, my cousin, I hope you're listening because it was the day after his wedding day. Uh, we were over for that celebrate and then got to go to the Steelers game the next day. Is Eric a I, Steelers fan as well, or is he a Jets guy? No, he's Steelers fan. He's he's part of my family who are all who are all based in Pitt. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, they do do uh, Duquesne massive. <laughs> is that right? He wasn't, but yeah, 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 yeah. My my uh, my granddad was. I'm just having a quick look at the scoring plays, and just a very quick question. Fourth quarter, we had a rushing touchdown, two yard run. Who scored it? Now, this is 2012. 2012. Who scored the two yard rushing touchdown? Yeah, nothing like it wasn't a QB sneak or anything like that. Or okay, it was a running back. Just very quickly, can you recall who would have scored it? Um, now this is probably post post Mendenhall, so I'm gonna go Felix Jones. How about that? I that totally it? forgot. I totally forgot about Felix Jones. All right, but Isaiah Redmond. No, there you go, yeah. Isaac Redmond. Good man, Gav. Yeah, Isaiah Isaac Isaac Redmond. That was that was a a, a dismal period in Steelers history. It was Redmond and Dwyer. Oh my God! What a oh, tepid Jonathan rushing Dwyer, yeah. What a tepid rushing attack that was. But that was all build up to the big, the big boy, Bell coming in. Mm-hmm. What a change that was. Um, mundane, mundane era in Steelers running backs. But anyway, uh, right. Let's move on to the next picks. So we've got um, events. Simon has gone. Garrett Wilson, 100 yards plus and a touchdown. Solid stuff. Ketz has gone. Zach Wilson caught on camera eyeing up a cougar. (laughs) Zach Wilson cougar moment is his pick. Um, I've gone really, 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 really safe and just gone. I'm going to go with um, a rare uh, Source Gardener interception. So slightly on the negative side. Mike, you got a I'm, prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go with the one I mentioned uh, mentioned yesterday on the with uh, on the Jets pod. I'm going to go 
Oh, wait, can I do this? I'm going to say it anyway. Um, we're going to have both a sack from Cam Hayward and a sack from Alex Heisman. Yeah, Cam sack. A H sack. All right. Yeah. I've got one. Okay. I've got Harris Hurdle on a way to a TD. <laughs> Harris Hurdle TD. Does he have to turtle, hurt, turtle? Hurdle into the end zone or it's just at any point? Any point on the run, you okay. can turtle. Turtle. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm going to leave it up to Ketz to define the uh, scoring metrics here because that's his weights and measures role. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we got next? Eliminator. Uh, oh, eliminator. Yeah. Um, Ooh, Simon has gone. Get the full schedule. Uh, Simon has gone Browns versus the Falcons. He's picking the Browns. Uh, Ketz has gone Finns versus the Bengals. Oh. Uh, yeah, I have gone Packers versus the Pats. Okay, so where do you want to go, Mike? Yeah, I think I'm going to join you on Packers. Okay. You well, can do that. Round was, the field is open to you because yeah, you no, I anyone. was really tempted to go jacked a bit Philly, but mm. oh, wow, in Philly, in Philly, yeah. But the, um, the teal game. I'm going to go Chargers and the Texans. You see, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to to bet my bank on the Texans winning that game personally. But that's interesting. Okay, because I think Chargers lost. Um, yeah, both lost the, a lot. Slater. Uh, yeah, Slater's a big one. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I still think you still so. okay. Texans. Cool. I like the Texans. I'm 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 sort of back in the Texans this year to have a sneaky good season. You could have Sorry. told me this earlier. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. Do you want, uh, Gav, do you want to bet a kebab on that? Uh, what, <laughs> what, do I want to bet a kebab on... on the, so you, you say Texans are going to have a sneaky season. What does a sneaky season look like in terms of wins? Uh, well, I've already laid a bet on the line that they don't come last in the AFC South. So I've already got a kebab out there. But I'm, I'm open to other offers. Okay, well, throw me a win total and I'll let you know how I'm feeling. Uh, I'll come back. I'll come back to you on that. Let me think okay. about that because okay. I'm just going to rush into this willy nilly. Uh, right. Um, uh, where are we? Right. Um, first sack. Simon's gone. Monty Adams. Good shout. Given the news, current and ne- you know, nothing. If Simon doesn't ever like ride a wave, he is literally a NFL uh, surfer. He like loves to to ride the hype. So yeah, fair play. Um, Ketz has gone. Back-to-back Highsmith picks. Okay, predictable. Kets playing the numbers. I'm going to go Cam Haywood sack. So where are you going, Mike? You've gone Highsmith, Highsmith the last couple of weeks. Going to make it a triple? Triplet? Mm, yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. I'll go Highsmith. Okay. I'm sure there should be a rule about you can't pick this. Anyway, well, I'll leave that to Kets. <laughs> uh, and Ran, who, who do you want to pick for the first Steelers sack in this game? Ogan Joby. Okay, Lario. Nice. All right, and that's the pit games tidied up. I'll, I'll leave it up to Kets to do the update with the story. Uh, you know, this is something I've left behind. It's part of the the week. I'm glad I don't have to do the weights and measures on. Kets has very ably stepped into the role, so mm-hmm. I'll leave it to him to sum up the scoring and and what's happening next week. Um, let's talk a little fantasy, Mike. Well, oh. I I haven't talked about me getting booted. As I said at the beginning of the show, one of the most painful weekends of football 
I've experienced um, that culminated in me having to drop my entire team. And then you, you've been through it this week. It's horrible, isn't it? Uh, uh, is, the, is the draft ready? I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mike Farrell. You're gone, buddy. <laughs> I hardly knew it. It is... Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a tough one. I won't lie to you. Um, you know, week week one, I was concerned I was a goner because I think Matthew Matthew Stafford had about six points, so I snuck through. Week two, I was a little bit more confident. Do you know what hurt the most on this one was watching, uh, was watching Alan Robinson drop a clear touchdown pass. Oh, what's what's happened to Alan Robinson? Come on, we've been no waiting. Idea for his whole career to have a decent QB. Finally, he's in a good offense with, and he can't catch anything. He's, he's getting hit on the number and he's dropping the ball in the end zone repeatedly. Like at what point do they just go, this guy's not working out. We're moving on. Yeah. I, I may, maybe his remit is just to work with subpar quarterbacks. Um, yeah, he, he flashes potential in bad teams, not actually yeah. does anything on good team. Yeah. What a shame. What a shame. The dude's got so much potential. Why, you know, I'm rooting for him, not not because I've got him in the the Steelers dynasty league or anything like that. But you know, it, it, it's a shame. You know, one of the, one of the, the things I'm I was chatting to Ran earlier. Sorry, I've de- totally derailed your fantasy. Th- we'll get get back on your fantasy. One of the <laughs> things I'm glad to see the Jags team is uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, potentially the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck was totally ruined last year. It wasn't given a chance. Had a you know. A dude that was more interested in grinding in nightclubs than actually coaching a team and kicking his kicker on the field rather than actually supporting his quarterback. This team, Doug Peterson's come in. What's he? What's he done? He's surrounded uh, Lawrence with savvy number two wide receivers. Three of them: Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk. And those those guys just look savvy and clever, and that offense just looks alive. I, I, I just think that's. That's good coaching. That's good, good roster building right there. You know, it's like you, you've got you've got a young guy in the building to surround him with people that can help him. And I'm pleased about that. I can't remember how we got into this. So where, where do we where where were we before? We were talking about your 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 dreadful losses, my dreadful losses. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to hear about yours in the league before as well, guys. Um, yeah, seeing seeing Alan Robinson drop a clear TD, seeing Matthew Stafford. Uh, hand the ball off to Cooper Cup for the TD. Obviously, went down as a running play, and then seeing Aaron Jones. Oh, correct. Oh, no. Was he about to run in the end zone? And then he, instead of scoring a touchdown, he fumbled. Yeah. So that was like an eleven-point swing for me. Like it was. Yeah, I've, I've I've had a I've had a tough time in this league, but it is still the best crack. Like it's the most stressful league I've ever taken apart. No matter any other league I'm in, where everyone gives each other a little bit of jip now and again and, and there's a you know there's a bit of crack between everyone this is by far the most stressful league i've ever been a part of um yeah. and i was gutted today yeah. was it, was oh, yesterday it was horrible it's horrible i mean i basically what torpedoed me and it, it was draft strategy that that got me in the end because i uh, yeah, i thought i i'd seen the cracks in the scoring in that you know it, I, I tried to balance out so that rushing quarterbacks aren't as overvalued as they are in some other leagues and accurate quarterbacks are, 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 
have a slight advantage. And also the tight ends have advantage. So I, I went hard after Kelsey and then sl- and then went waited on QB and went for Matt Ryan, thinking that Matt Ryan was going to have this season of just kind of efficiency, but not like over the top craziness. Yeah. Well, the week I went out was the week that he basically just got sacked and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, it, it, and then and then I guess nine seven points. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. And then. Um, my tight end thing came up to haunt me because Irv Smith suddenly popped out. A dude that's been scoring nothing suddenly knocked me out. You know, that was, that was, that was the killer blow. So I've only got myself to blame. So I, I couldn't really, you know, it's my own scoring got to me, but sometimes, you know, you think you're being so clever, but ultimately it gets to you. Sometimes it's better just to play the game straight and not, not try and come up with an angle. I thought I'd found the angle because I, you I, know, I got to the final last year. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I took bronze. I, Ian and I, Ian who has Irv Smith, we did have a little, uh, we did have a little bit of crack at one another because I, I offered him Noah Brown in a trade for a little bit of cash, you know, to take that flex position, which he had Irv Smith. And then the week that you, the week he played, I think Zach Zendry scored nothing and Irv Smith, yeah, scored a touchdown. So, um, yeah, we did a bit of a, bit you of tried a to save on that, Ian and I. Yeah. You tried to save me. So your, your guys, Kets, um, Kets picked up digs for $77. Uh, 77% of his off-season budget. Uh, beating Dave, you know, he's all the podcast stalwarts. David bid 65%. Is is Diggs worth 70, 77% of your off-season budget? I mean, sorry, of your season budget. Diggs is currently, not only is he wide receiver one, he's third overall. Mm. Like, though, I mean, his first, it's, he's probably the only reason I, was, I lasted until week three. I mean, his first two weeks... He's coming in at over 80 points. Wow. I mean, he's, Jesus, he's, Jesus, what's that? Like 30, what is 34.2 that? and yeah. 49.8. Just to give you, just to give you a thought on that 49, 148 yards, three receiving touchdowns, one touchdown longer than 40 yards, three first downs, one 40 yard bonus, 12 catches. Like it, he's, he probably is worth that. Yeah. Someone did ask the question about, um, uh, not spending, not spending money or anything along those lines, and I've I've tried this in in this league already about trying to trade players for dollar, just so I can keep an extra little bit of dollar in. Uh, it clearly hasn't worked for me because I think I spent two dollars on Paris Campbell, right? And that was all the spending I made. Yeah, didn't work. And and, and 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 I think you do need tactically, you do need to keep some back, but mm. ultimately. If you're if you're getting a guy at week three or week two for these big bucks, then per week for the rest of the season you're paying less. Whereas if you hoard your cash and you pay seventy seven for a guy, let's say AJ Brown, in week thirteen, then week for week each game you're paying a lot more. So I think Ketz has made the right choice here. He's 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 put his cards on the table and gone. I'm going to take this number one receiver. And I'm going to play him for the remaining what four uh, ten games, so yeah. that's seven seven bucks a game he's paying for for digs. I think the strategy makes sense. Um, Aaron Jones was your second highest. Um, Tom F forty three paid fifty, beating Mark Hansoon, paying forty. So yeah, it's it's gutting to see your players go, but we we you know we're excited to see what happens with this league. It's such a crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, it is. It's great crack. It is a good laugh. Cool. Well, that that kind of wraps it up. Well done, guys. And unless Ran, you've got anything, any crazy conspiracies up your sleeve? Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say crazy conspiracy. I just say, um, didn't that Peterson win a Super Bowl ring? Yeah, he did very who, well. Who did he win it with? Carson Wentz. Sorry, who did he win it with? Was it Philadelphia? Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, Carson Wentz. And, no, so, um, well, it, it wasn't Carson Wentz. Sorry, it was Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah, it was Nick Foles. Um, and the Jags are Philly the weekend. Hmm, interesting. Oh, nice. What's this? Is this a conspiracy or is this just a... Um, no, maybe I should have gone with that instead no. of the Chargers. Interesting headline, though. Definitely. With Doug Peterson. Yeah. Re- uh, Peterson revenge game. Is it a revenge? I don't know if it's revenge. I, I think so. I don't think it ended... If, if memory serves right, I don't think it ended well with him in Philadelphia. So he will want to come in and be desperate to knock him off, especially considering Philly haven't lost yet. Yeah. So... So what are you saying? Do you want to change change your pick? No, no, no. Okay. No, I'll stay, but I'm just, you know, just pointing it out. Okay. Anything else? Any other mad conspiracies or anything? Anything else you want to say? <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I've got time for what's going on in my okay. head. Next time. Um, All right, next time. <laughs> Off-season show. Again, Rand's conspiracy yeah, theories. I need to get a drop. Well, thanks, Rand. Uh, uh, thanks for stepping in. You know, we caught mm. short. We've, uh, we tried to record last night, and it was... Do we do do we do a two man show? Me and Mike, I'm not sure. So uh, I think I think um, you've brought you've brought a, a different vibe to the show, uh, more of a kind of you know twenty thousand feet macro. As yeah, not not necessarily. You're not you don't you're not actually a fan of any any team, are you? You're just a fan of the league, fan of the shield. But I think we're really reeling you in slowly. Well, look, I I'm I, yeah, I'm a fan of the sport, a fan of the league, but I know more about the Steelers than any other team. Just so by listening to you guys. So yeah, we can get you. Uh, just keep tucking away. Soon you'll be wearing the black and gold, <laughs> cheering for Pickett. <laughs> so thanks for stepping in. Waving a yellow towel. Yeah, That's very kind of you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at GM Boomop. Follow Mike at at Mike underscore JF1. And don't follow Ram. He'll follow you. Um, see you later guys go Steelers see you guys see you guys bye